Another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. And joined with me today, this might take a while here, the voice of God from Kelly Clarkson Show, a certain robot sidekick from The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, uh, over 10 years of celebrity impressions and voices on Family Guy and American Dad, uh, and even some video games, Fallout 76, Final Fantasy 13. Uh, good gravy. I could go on all day with these credits. Uh, it's Josh Robert Thompson. Josh, how are you today? Wow, what a great intro. Thanks, Bob. I just want to have you follow me around everywhere and just introduce <laughs> me like that. That was really good. And I'd, I'd forgotten I'd done some of those video games, so thanks for reminding me. Hey, any, that's why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> anytime. Uh, uh, this is great, man. And uh, I have no idea what this show is. This is my perfect. continuing series of um, podcast appearances. And um, I just go on shows. I, I you know, I, and forgive me, I, I had not heard of this show before. And I just said, sure, I'll go on that show because I like the title of it. And oh. uh, so... Anything can happen here, folks. <laughs> no. I love it. I love it. We're both going to learn at the same time what this show is. All uh, right. But uh, where All would right. we be before we dive into the questions? Some quick terms and conditions, ground rules, if you will, uh, right up front. Like, uh, ground rule number one, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer any of these questions. If a yes or no suffice, give me a yes or no. If a short story right. about your life helps us get a better understanding, I want to hear that story. Okay. Got uh, it. And ground rule number two, this is not 60 minutes, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in this to get you for any reason. So if you want to okay. pass over a question, we can pass. No judgment. Okay. And uh, ground rule number three, despite the name of the show, big 99 questions. There might be a follow-up question. Some of these questions on my piece of paper here are absolutely in the English semantics of it all, not a question. It's a prompt or just words I put a question mark at the end of. All I'm saying is, let's not take it too literally. We're just going to roll through them. Eh. Got it. Beautiful. Lots of rules. Boy, lots of pressure. <laughs> I like putting as much pressure on my guests right up front as possible. <laughs> really makes Man, for a nice atmosphere. You know, feel like I'm feel like I'm going to the grocery store. You know, with all the <laughs> signage they have on the on the front door before you go in. Wear a hazmat suit. Spray yourself down. <laughs> You know, it's funny when you go into the grocery store, that 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 thing, that that vent, that fan that would blow yeah. on you it didn't really seem to work for all these years, did it? it yeah, really it turns out. <laughs> so helpful. Anyway, I apologize. Just a quick refreshing breeze on your way in. That's about all yeah. it was. <laughs> uh, well, the first of these uh, non-counting questions that I warned you about in the ground rules. Uh, Josh, are you ready? Yes. Okay. We're starting off strong, then. Good. <laughs> Question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? I mean, the perfect breakfast uh, for me these days is uh, just a good bowl of granola cereal. Ooh. That's where I'm at these days. Maybe two bowls, you know, but be careful because uh, that's going to come back later to visit you. 
but it will keep you regular. So I like uh, I like a good uh, hot piping cup of black coffee, Ooh, nothing okay. in it, uh, and uh, and some 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 cereal. Some uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. I yeah. like it. I am also a black coffee guy, but I mean I'm I'm 47 now, so that's where I am. That's that's health wise. That's where I'm at these days. But you're but you're a black coffee uh, gentleman as well. Absolutely. I after so many years of black coffee, anything with like cream and sugar now, I always say just it tastes like ice cream. Like I can't yeah. go back now. Yeah, I mean if you're flavoring it with the uh, the coffee mate, you know all the, the peppermint flavors and uh, oh, yeah. pumpkin spice. Yeah, you're you're in for a world of hurt. So just <laughs> uh, keep it black, folks. <laughs> Question two: Who's the coolest dude? Who's the coolest dude? Who's the coolest dude? Wow. Uh, well, I, you know, I would say, I would say Bob Buell, but I mean, that would <gasps> seem like you paid me. So I'm going to. Checks in the mail, Josh. Checks <laughs> no, in I, the mail. <laughs> who's the coolest dude? You know, um, I, I, I love, uh, film and filmmaking i think david lynch is the coolest Ooh, dude yeah he's the coolest dude david lynch is uh is a real artist he's a he's a true artist and uh he just he just makes things to make them so that david lynch coolest dude i i love it that's a great answer uh There's a lot of a lot of upset uh late late show fans right now you <laughs> should have said craig <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, lady. They're turning off their radio dials, not realizing it's playing off their phone. So. <laughs> uh, question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? You know, I got to go with steak. I mean, uh, mostly because I've been vegan for a while, and I really would like to have a steak. Yeah. Somebody, please. <laughs> if anybody out there can is listening to this now, please send me a steak. We're sending a, a trophy to David Lynch and a steak to Josh as we yeah. speak. Like those Omaha on. steaks. Give me those those Omaha oh. steaks. You send them in a box, you know? Give me yeah. Those. those are good. Yeah. Get a nice big package of dry ice and steak. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's my that's, favorite. That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, question four. What's the best gift you've ever gotten? The gift of life from my mother. <laughs> well but barring that um <laughs> hi mom she's listening i apologize everyone um she's a big fan the best gift i ever got well recently the best gift i ever got um from my girlfriend was a uh i i love special effects i love uh, makeup effects and and monster movies and horror movies and so uh for most of my life i've been reading all kinds of horror movie themed magazines like uh fangoria you know and horror hound and rue morgue but fangoria i grew up with reading as a kid and i just you know every page had some kind of amazing bloody gory monster effect and uh and then growing up in cleveland in the midwest watching a lot of late night monster movie shows i think we had at one point uh maybe five or six uh, different late night monster movie hosts in Cleveland. And so I saw a lot of these movies and I always, I was never afraid of the gore. I loved it. And I wanted to know more about how those things were made. 
And uh, so I recently started getting into making my own uh, molds and masks and prosthetic makeup appliances. So my girlfriend bought me um, and surprised me at Christmas time, took me out to the garage and had set up on a table um, a sort of beginner's uh, kit with all the materials needed to uh, make, you know, a, a, a cast of one's face or start to make masks and that kind of thing. So uh, that was a, that was probably one of the best gifts I ever got. Pretty amazing. Sounds incredible. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So that that's where I'll be. If you folks don't hear from me for a while, I'll be in the garage <laughs> making, you know, monsters and stuff. But yeah, I'm excited because um, when I was when I was in junior high, um, I made a series of really great monster movies <laughs> you can you can rest assured they were the best uh and my mother was the camera person and uh so i decided that i want to do like director's cuts or expanded versions of those uh shot on vhs classics Ooh. i put in quotes and uh so we're going to use the same effects techniques that would have been used back then in in 87 88 and shooting on actual VHS, I got a VHS camcorder that I got on nice. eBay. And um, so I, so using this stuff uh, that I got as a gift, uh, I'm going to sort of make my own additional effects and kind of like George Lucas, I'm going to make a special edition of, uh, of movies that nobody has seen except for me and like my, my mom. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Anyway, that's my long winded answer to that question. I love this. This is I want to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'll let you know when it's done. We'll have a world premiere. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, question five. Best gift you've ever given. Wow. Best gift I've ever given. Um, well, I bought somebody a car once. Oh. But, but I think, but I think that's cause I, I think that's cause I'd done something wrong. Mm. I think I, I think I'd done something really bad, so uh, so I bought someone a, a car. It was a used car, but uh, I feel like it made up for it. That's still pretty solid. <laughs> um, and that, and then, uh, and my girlfriend really loves uh, ships. She loves old ships and boats. So uh, recently, I got uh, tickets to uh, go down to San Diego to the the marine museum where they have yes. like old old ships pirate ships and things so we're gonna we're gonna go do that so that that that's a pretty good gift i mean if i bought her a boat probably mm -hmm. would be better but i haven't done anything wrong yet so there'll be no <laughs> no boat purchases give it time give, give it, it time. time oh yeah it's just any day now any day now uh question six what did you want to do for a living when you were a kid uh well when i was a kid i wanted to be a filmmaker i mean i wanted to be a, i wanted to be an actor but i wanted to make movies in fact i'm i'm, I'm in my uh my studio slash office and i'm looking over at a book that i recently purchased on ebay which is one of the first uh books about making movies that i ever got as a kid in the late 80s and it's called Making Movies by John Russo, who was the the uh, writer uh, and one of the producers of the original Night of the Living Dead, uh, the, the George A. Romero oh. classic. Uh, and so John Russo wrote this book about independent movie production. 
And I remember that book and another book from like 87 called the, uh, the, the video, I think the, the home video uh, movie maker's guide or something like that. And I remember buying that at Kmart when I was in like seventh grade and just pouring over every page. And so uh, I wrote uh, scripts. I made, well, obviously I made some epic uh, horror films, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and I made a lot of uh, TV shows, fake TV shows with my friends uh, throughout high school in my basement. Cause in the Midwest we have basements and you know, you got all this room down there. And so I just naturally turned it into a, uh, TV production studio. So I think I always wanted to be a performer, but but before that, initially, uh, I wanted to be a filmmaker. That's incredible. I, cinematic classics, I'm sure, in this basement. Classic. Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, the titles of these particular uh, films, the horror movies that I refer to, um, they're called, uh, uh, part one is Fred, the Domain of Darkness. Oh. Uh, Fred refers to a uh, little rubber, uh, like, finger puppet that you could get these weird, flesh-colored, creepy face puppets uh, in gumball machines back in the 80s. They still make them, but they're in the, in the UK. I think they're called, like, funny faces or something. Of course, I've since found them all and tracked them all down and have them all. Uh, and and those are the things, those are actually the faces that I'm making, uh, I'm making molds of. I'm, I'm, I'm making them, sometimes making them bigger so I can make them melt and do different kinds of special effects to them in the film. So, so Fred was the name of one of these puppets that my friend, uh, and this is a real person's name, uh, my friend Claude Newton that's a real guy's name. Great name. Uh, Claude, Claude Newton was, he was one of those guys in sixth grade who uh, looked like he was in uh, 10th grade. You know, when he was in sixth grade, he had the gotcha. corduroy pants and the cowboy boots, feathered hair, and probably a mustache. But Claude was like the older kid who uh, was in the monster movies. And, you know, uh, I think I saw my first... Uh, I think I saw my first uh, p porn video in Claude Newton's basement. This all checks out, yeah. Claude Newton's basement, yeah. It's a, Claude Newton's basement is a lot of a lot of mystique, a lot of golden <laughs> memories of watching Evil Dead Two Ooh. for the first time, and Day of the Dead, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So anyway, Claude and I were we we used to camp out in my backyard we had a kind of a lot of lot of uh trees and, and a forested area in my backyard where i grew up um in in the suburbs mm. of cleveland a town called parma or as they say parma parma ohio and um we like to scare each other or i should say claude liked to scare the shit out of me uh and um we burned one of these rubber face puppets and claude convinced me that that puppet was because we burned it it had unleashed an evil spirit and uh the spirit of fred was going to come and get me and so that that is what the uh, uh shocking autobiographical horror series fred is based upon not to be confused with the YouTuber and later Nickelodeon star who also called oh, himself yeah, that Fred. Fella. Yeah, um, but that's you know that we, that's long gone, and I still I'm I I endure the original yes. Fred endures. So 
spread spread the domain of darkness. Part two is Fred a darker realm of fire. <laughs> wow, even darker. And, amazing. And uh, starring myself, my my cousins, and a whole cast of people that really uh, wanted nothing to do with this film <laughs> and one of my friends mm-hmm. dropped out because he was he had to go mow the lawn or something he's sorry i can't get out of my chores you know but that's hollywood baby. but we yeah. are we are making part three in addition to these special editions <gasps> uh i've decided to make a follow-up that takes place now so this is big Whoa. this is huge bob this is very <laughs> big giant very big movies the fred cinematic universe anyway this is so amazing. what was the what was the question <laughs> i don't even know at this point anyway uh oh what do you want to do for uh for no, that was when it, you, were yeah, a kid? you got that yeah unbelievable yeah uh question seven just as impactful a question what's the largest animal you can beat in a fight well uh you know i was at a I was at a petting zoo recently uh, with my girlfriend. Oh, we, we enjoyed going to these petting zoos. And they had yeah. one of these uh, these ostrich-looking sons of bitches, these, these emu, emu. Is it an emu yeah. or emu? Emu. Emu. Uh, who knows? The point is, stay no away knows. from those things. They're, they're <laughs> very squirrely and wily, and they, they, they get upset on a dime. I, so I... I don't think I could take one of those. Maybe a goat. Maybe. Okay. You know, I, anything. I mean, look, I, I, by the way, the cool, who's the coolest uh, question? I'd like to retract yes. my answer and say Claude oh. Newton. I mean, it's obviously Claude Newton. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I think the... Or at least his basement. Yeah, Claude yeah. Newton's basement as an individual, <laughs> as a person. Um, I... Got chased a lot by dogs when I was a kid, and uh, mm. I'm not a fan of dogs. Not a popular opinion, I understand, but um, some maybe, maybe a maybe a Rottweiler. I don't know a Shih Tzu. Nothing big. <laughs> I could take I one you. of those. I could. Take I believe one of in those. you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You got the betting line on. I that appreciate one. that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, question eight: Who's someone you look up to? Someone I look up to. I, you know, I look up to, uh, well, well, you know, sadly, he's no longer with us. But, uh, you know, my, my best friend, Matt, Matt Lodi, um, you know, sadly, uh, he, he succumbed to cancer last mm. year um, in September. And um, now I've known Matt most of my life. I've known him. I, I've known him since... Uh, seventh grade so you know 30 plus years and um anyway but uh he is still one of the people that i i look up to the most i i looked up to him of course when he was alive he was just such a um he was one of those guys that uh you know he 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 lived his life uh as he sort of uh preached it i mean he he was a he was a spiritual person but he never um he never made it uh, uh a requirement for for you to to be uh that way or to be religious or whatever but he just he lived that kind of life and uh he was just a really good person and he was um you know he was a sports reporter 
in Cleveland for for many many years, and um, wow. the the funniest thing about him was, you know, he's living in Cleveland, and he was, uh, of course, a devout uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So so that went over really well with everybody. No, he that was. Is that <laughs> <laughs> well, have you have you seen the Cleveland Browns? Uh, he, they, you know, he uh, he was known as Steeler Matt, and um, <laughs> you know, he did a, he did a lot of radio, and uh, he uh, he helped a lot of people. He helped a lot of people in broadcasting. He taught at a broadcasting school for a while, and he uh, mentored a lot of younger people that were uh, interested in broadcasting or radio or TV. And um, you know, he was just a great guy. You know, we used to. Uh, when we were younger, we used to watch a lot of uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, you know, hi there. How are you, neighbor? I'm Fred Rogers. And we used to make fun of Fred Rogers when we were young, because that's what you do. You know, when you're in junior high, Fred Rogers, kind of a weird guy, you know, he's, yeah. hi, we're going to put the sweater on today. Let's go to the neighborhood of make-believe. Sure. Um, and, uh, but as we got a little older, uh, I realized that Matt was, kind of like a Mr. Rogers, just someone that was like a really good neighbor and, and nice to everybody. And uh, he was also a big uh, Peanuts fan, the, the Charlie Brown, you know, Charles Schultz uh, yeah. comic strip. And I remember in the, in the last year of his life, um, Charles Schultz's uh, widow, or the, the Schultz estate sent uh, Matt and his family uh, a bunch of amazing, there's a huge gift basket of all this mm. peanut stuff. But, you know, Matt was, he was like Charlie Brown. He really was. He was just that kind of, that good guy who just tried his best. And, uh, you know, he's deeply missed. But someone like that, their legacy lives on forever. So that's definitely, I think that's definitely the guy that I look up to. I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, question nine. First album you bought with your own money wow first album i bought with my own money was uh by a band called men at work now most Ooh. people know men at work for uh you know who can it be now uh it's a mistake is another one blue for you and obviously uh land down under was the big hit but um men at work uh the first album I bought of theirs was their second album, Cargo, which Ooh. is, I think, still their their most interesting and and darker album. And but I was a very I was very young, and uh, I just remember listening to it over and over again. And one of my favorite songs on there is uh, uh, a track called "No Sign of Yesterday." And a few years back, I was performing in a comedy show. Uh, a stand-up show slash radio show with uh, comedian Tom Papa. And Tom is out of New York and he has this show that he does. And at that time, he brought the show to Los Angeles to a theater called the Largo Theater. And in addition to the, the comedy, the stand-up and the sketches that he would do, they also had a musical guest. And the musical guest happened to be Colin Hay, the lead singer, the front man Ooh. of Men at Work. And yeah. so I was backstage waiting to go on and having a chat with Colin Hay. And I said, <laughs> you know, I used to listen to your albums all the time when I was a kid. And my favorite song 
is no sign of yesterday. And he, he just sort of perked up and said, really, that's amazing. I, I don't, don't play that one a lot. You know, it, ironically, he's Scottish uh, in a band that uh, is from Australia. So uh, Colin Hayes, a Scotsman. And he, he really, uh, I don't know. He really seemed to um, admire that. I like that song. And he said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work on an acoustic version of that. I love that song. And I said, you know, there's, there's a movie that I want to make a real movie, not a, not a sequel to a crappy movie. I made as a kid, but um there's a, a film that I've wanted to make and hopefully I'll make it next year. Uh, and I really, I really, really want that song. No sign of yesterday uh, in, in the movie somewhere. And he said, well, let me know. We'll talk about it. So who knows that would be a, an amazing Ooh. dream come true if I could do that. So that was a pretty cool experience. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Colin Hay, I, I know more for his solo stuff than anything else. He has a spectacular voice. Like, he does. Really incredible. Yeah, he's an incredible storyteller. If, you, if you've ever seen him live, he tells really funny and, and fascinating stories. And um, But yeah, his solo career, uh, it, it's outstanding. If, if you haven't heard his albums, I recommend it, folks. Colin Hay. Ask oh, yeah. for him by name. <laughs> hey by name. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Just say hey. All right. Hey, go to your local record store. <laughs> hey. Hey. Uh, question ten. What's your go-to karaoke song? I uh, can't stand karaoke. Um, <gasps> don't understand it. Um, and whenever I've done it, I've been told um, maybe don't. And here's the thing <laughs> that I don't understand okay. about karaoke because when I was younger, karaoke. And this may be why I don't like it anymore, because I moved to L.A. And here's what you got to understand, folks. Mm. Anywhere else in the world, karaoke is for fun. People are just hanging out, having fun. You have a couple of drinks. You get the courage to go up there and and sing a song in front of a bunch of people. It's okay if you can't sing well. That's not the point. Well, now... Uh, it's like, uh, it's like American Idol now. It's like people, uh, people get up there and they are really good at singing. And so then I would go up there, but I, I will say though, uh, my song choice every time, maybe not the best it's, uh, oh, maybe not the most uplifting. It, it's always, uh, with or without you by you too. So maybe, mm. Maybe that's, I don't know. I had some, can you imagine I had somebody pull me aside once at a karaoke place and they said, uh, yeah, well, you're bringing the mood down with this with or without you. Maybe said, really? I'm, I'm getting notes on my karaoke choice. Who's, Ooh, yeah. Who are we, what are we doing here? Anyway, Editing so, the performance. Come I'm on. just trying to, I mean, granted this was years, I was going through a bad breakup and I probably had like four or five Jack and Coke. So that may have been, what contributed to that uh, comment? It was a U2 featuring Jack Daniels. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. Jack <laughs> that's Daniels, really the new front man. Oof. <laughs> uh, question 11. What's the last song you listened to? Well, the last song I listened to was uh, by my favorite band, and it's, and it's not Men at Work. My favorite band ever is uh, a band called Tangerine Dream. And Tangerine Dream is uh, electronic 
prog rock or, or kraut rock, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, they started in the late 60s. They're still going, uh, which wow. is crazy. But they had an album called White Eagle back in 83. By the way, I, I own, over the course of my life, probably since high school, I have made it a point to collect every single uh, album. That's the one thing that I've collected over the years and i have every wow. studio album every movie soundtrack you know they were they were very famous in the 80s for their their movie scores to uh risky business with tom cruise and oh. legend also with tom cruise that maybe they had a thing for tom cruise i don't know they did uh firestarter drew barrymore the stephen king uh story um anyway a lot of electronic synthesizer uh, sequencers, kind of that that dark sound. Not you know, there was Kraftwerk was like the light poppy version, and then Tangerine Dream. Those guys went dark, and they do really long, like 30, 40 minute songs. You know, and uh, I'm sure people imbibed a lot of uh, substances at their shows, but um, not me. If I would never do that, but um, never. Uh, but White Eagle, and I was actually listening you know, to uh, like a playlist, uh, a curated playlist on, I don't know, Apple Music or something. And it was great. It was, I was like, wow, it was sort of reminded of how much I love their music and, and how vast the catalog is, you know, all these, all the, like 50 years or so, it's crazy. So that's what I was listening to, folks. That's incredible. Wow. Uh, question 12. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? Oh, some indigestion. That wasn't the answer. Uh, There's a little indie band called Indigestion. Indigestion. I really miss those guys. They were really good in the 90s. And then they just kind of, you know, they flamed out, man. And it happens to the best of us. Um, there's, there's a band, uh, another sort of ambient music, if you want to call it that band uh it's a duo and they call themselves boards of canada and boards of canada mm. i like a lot of uh soundscapes and i mean it used to be called new age music i think that's unfair i think new age is like yanni and john tesh which you know if you're into that fine but um but boards of canada yeah i'd like to hear more from those guys and I'd like a new Depeche Mode album. That's like my third Ooh. favorite band is Depeche Mode. Second would be Nine Inch Nails, but both of you guys, come on, let's go. But more so Depeche Mode. Let's get it together. Come on, guys. Come on. It's enough already. <laughs> Question 13. What song brings the most emotion out of you? There's so many, there's, there are so many songs. I mean, most of the the pieces of music that uh evoke the most emotion or sort of get me to that place where i have fond memories of the past and 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 life and uh i think i think john williams i think the 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 movie scores of john williams you know the great john williams who did, yeah. yeah every pretty much everything right i mean anything you know et raiders of the lost ark star wars and on and on um certainly anything i think anything by john williams um i think the et 
the, the piano theme, you know, I think it's called, I don't know, it's called Flying. I don't remember the title of the piece, but it, it's very emotional. It makes me remember uh, seeing that movie when I was a kid. And, and my, uh, my stepdad, well, he's my dad. He's, he's the only dad I've known this entire time. But um, my, my dad, uh, he's kind of a manly guy, works on cars and he likes sports. And, you know, I was very intimidated by him when I was a little guy because I was writing poetry and playing with puppets. So, you know, I wanted to be tough for him. And, uh, and that was 82. So I was, uh, was I seven years old or something like that? Yeah, I was, I was, I was just a little guy. And I remember when uh, E.T. the movie was ending and E.T. saying goodbye to everybody. I was trying so hard to be a man and not cry. I'm going to be a man. And I remember, I remember her. He's like, all right, boy, let's go. That's how he sounds to me. Come on, boy, movie's over. And uh, the credits are rolling. And you make this, what seems when you're seven, you make the long walk up that aisle uh, to exit the theater. And I, I had my, my head down because I didn't want to see, I didn't want him to see me crying. <laughs> I just started bawling. Oh my God. <laughs> But that music, you know, music is such an important, uh, I mean, it's, it's really half of a movie's power is, is the music. Yeah. And um, so that's a, that's a score that really gets me. And I think um, I would also say the entirety of Nine Inch Nails album, uh, the, the Fragile. The Fragile was an album that came out in 1999. It's a double album. That album really changed my life. It kind of, one of those, you know, people, you, know, you hear this all the time and every, we all have that one album yeah, uh, in our life that just came at the right time and kind of, you know, this one kind of saved, saved us. It saved me, you know, kind of got me out of a dark place, but um, that's a, that's a brilliant album. That's one of those ones you, you can't listen to all the time. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like watching Schindler's List every, every week. It's not <laughs> something that you do. It's not done. You don't yeah. do it. It's not that light, airy, kind of background nah. movie. <laughs> I mean, look, I could put in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull every week, and we can get into that that later. I know people will debate me on that, but that's a fun movie. Schindler's List, eh, not so much. Eh, not as much. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 14, favorite music video. I remember the day that MTV started. I remember the day that MTV went on the air. I, I remember it because I was at my, uh, my uncle's house and uh, sitting in front of the old tube TV, right? The old cathode ray TV. And uh, MTV for like a day just had on the screen a, a countdown, like a, like a clock that was counting down oh. until uh, they went on the air. And I, I remember, I remember sitting there and seeing that. I think the first video was, uh, was it the the Buggles? Maybe that was the band. Video killed the radio video star. Killed the radio star. Yeah, that was. I think that was ironically the first song. And uh, but back in that day, man, music videos were a, a, a real art form, and they were fascinating. And um, you know, they got really cinematic they they were they were really big productions but in that middle period 
in the mid eighties, they were very silly and fun and they also got weird. But my favorite one back then was, um, uh, the band Genesis had a, a song called land of confusion and they had these weird, uh, puppets, uh, that I don't remember the, I don't remember who made the puppets, but they were very, they were like, they were like caricatures. If you've ever had yourself drawn by a, by a caricature artist, or you've seen a caricature of somebody, uh, you know, the features are very pronounced and over the top and exaggerated. It was like these flesh colored, almost human looking puppets, but then they had these crazy exaggerated features. And I remember the, the whole music video was about, cause I mean, again, this, this was during, uh, well, this was back when uh, we were afraid of uh, a nuclear war with Russia. So not a lot has changed. Yeah. Oh, what and, uh, a, let me remember the time. <laughs> but I remember the video. This is back when Reagan, Ronald Reagan was president. And um, so the whole video at the very end is just uh, Ronald Reagan waking up from a horrible nightmare. And they have this puppet that looks like a car- a weird, bizarre caricature of Ronald Reagan. And he's waking up in a sweat, but the whole bed is basically water. And so they have this puppet in slow motion coming out of the water. And I think there's a shot where he's reaching over for a glass of water on the nightstand, but then accidentally presses the button instead. And then I think the video ends with the whole world uh, blowing up. So, <laughs> so, so that's very pleasant uh, music. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, 15. You got a million dollars, but you got to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? Oh, it's going to go to the Starlight Children's Foundation. Hmm. Yeah, it's either it's going to be, you know, it's going to be the Starlight Children's Foundation. They do, they do a lot of great work uh, with kids and uh, in hospitals. They did a thing recently where they um, had a fundraiser to make new gowns for kids, you know, kids that are, you know, sick with leukemia or just kids that are in hospitals and are ill. And uh, the little gowns were like, you know, Marvel superhero themed so i thought that was really adorable um and maybe also like i think like the uh, you know the jim henson foundation or the mr rogers foundation you know anything that anything that sort of uh uh helps foster the arts and and keeps those things alive i think is very important but definitely starlight children's foundation great choices all around uh 16 favorite holiday oh it's halloween i mean forget it yeah enough with the christmas already you know everyone needs to calm down (laughs) with the christmas and every year halloween seems to get less and less uh, attention seems to be gone uh, you know uh, even, even before it's started uh as as a kid growing up in cleveland um you know when i was very little my mother would take me around trick-or-treating and you know the whole neighborhood it was in I mean it was it was just that perfect fall setting in in Cleveland in October uh you know the 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 lawns were were littered with with dead leaves and you know it was just the chill in the air and all the jack-o'-lanterns set set out on the front porches and it just 
Ugh. everything about it was was perfect and but we all we always had this one or two people on the street that really put on a big display and uh when you're young it's terrifying it's also exciting because i would beg my mom to take me down the street to this one house in particular that had all kinds of you know really eerie lighting and maybe they even had a fog machine i mean you know you see things so differently when you're when you're little and um but certainly they had some kind of animatronic uh creatures in 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 the front lawn or they would do the thing where a guy would sit on the porch and look like he was uh you know a scarecrow or something with a pumpkin head and then come to life and scare you and um, and I remember I begged her to take me there. And of course we get there and then I just start crying and I want to go home. Uh, the same thing with the movie theater near where I grew up, there was a movie theater, old, old movie house from the, from the early 1900s called the variety theater. And when I was young, the variety theater was in its, in its last years. And so to drum up business, they would do uh, a haunted house, the haunted movie theater, which was a really cool idea. Again, I begged and pleaded for my mom to take me. It's going to be okay. I promise I won't get scared. And as soon as we got there, I was crying before we even went in. Well, well, what ended up happening is uh, it, it made Halloween my favorite holiday ever. And now all these years later, I am the guy on my street who has the uh, over the top Halloween display. Um, In fact, I've been in this area, in this house now for 10 years. So for the last 10 years, the display has gotten bigger and more complex. And a couple of years ago, they were, uh, you know, people were driving over from other neighborhoods just to see it. And uh, in fact, there were kids that have grown up on my Halloween display it was some kid that came by last year. And I think he's now 16 or 17 years old. And he said, you know, I was a little, I used to be afraid to come to this. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? And he said, it's so cool. It's my favorite thing. Last year I put Michael Myers um, on the roof. I actually went up on the roof and had the Michael Myers, the, the new mask from the latest Halloween film and I got a mannequin and I dressed it and made it look just like Michael Myers and just put a little light on him and just had him standing up there and uh people really love that and then a uh, a year before that uh my girlfriend who also does you know effects and is an animator and a filmmaker oh, um right. she we repurposed one of my animatronic creatures it was a it was a a crazy clown uh electrocuted clown what kid doesn't love electrocuted clown um and he would sort of move back and forth and laugh <laughs> like that and i said i don't like the clown thing doesn't scare me it's played out every year spirit halloween's like look more clowns and i'm like let's ease off the clown thing i doesn't <laughs> i don't know what you're doing so yeah. she took some kind of a clay and redid the face to look like the uh like uh linda blair in the exorcist we put a gown on the clown and then uh i had an old bed frame and we so we just sort of (laughs) did the exorcist on the front lawn and with pea soup people loved it they were so scared so halloween all the way every day is halloween as the song goes so you are oh 
Man, you are sending these kids home crying. But I love it's it. The only, if they're not going home crying, then you're not doing your job. But they do get great candy. So if you can make it through uh, my yeah. display, you get some good candy. Uh, 17. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? Yeah, I don't, I don't go into coffee shops a lot, but if I did, uh, I just, I think it's just a standard, you know, latte. Uh, I'll have a latte. Uh, I sound like Jeff Goldblum. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, well, I love a latte. Yes, yes. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, almond milk. Uh, oh, we got to have almond milk. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, a latte with almond milk. Very boring. And then it just tastes like burnt uh, water. So keep it up, Starbucks. You guys are doing great, great work out there. <laughs> Worth the five fifty. Yeah, right? it's really good. <laughs> uh, seven, no, 18. This is a controversial one. Probably the most controversial oh, one we got. Okay. Spell the word. Gray. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it depends on right. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because if you're in the UK, well... I'm going to, for me, I'm going to say G-R-E-Y. Wow. Wow. Taking a stand. So many more people turning off their radios once again. That doesn't work. It's coming off your phone. He didn't mention it. He hasn't talked about Craig, and now he's spelling (laughs) things wrong. (laughs) Sorry, guys. So many, so many analytics just spiking. Yeah. We're here for it. We're yes, here for it. That's what I do, man. <laughs> uh, 19. What's your prized possession? Well, right. Actually, what, one of my prized possessions uh, right now is um, my favorite story. My favorite storybook as a, as a little kid was uh, the story of Ferdinand or Ferdinand the Bull. And uh, oh, my, my yeah. mother would read that to me all the time. And uh, so I, uh, I have an original copy of that book. Uh, but um, a few years back, uh, my girlfriend got me a puppet, uh, an original from the 30s, um, Ferdinand oh. the Bull uh, puppet. So it's very, very old uh, puppet. So I have that on display. And uh, yeah, I got a, I got a lot of cool little. I mean, I, I keep a lot of cool little trinkets and things over time. Um, I have uh, that, and I think a mask that I, it's a demon mask that my grandmother uh, bought for me, or rather, on my birthday, my grandmother would say, "You can pick out one gift for yourself," and uh, she would always get very uh, upset when uh you know it would end up being something like a demon mask but i don't know i wanted this demon mask and um it was made by a company called uh topstone topstone industries made these amazing uh halloween masks back in the day and uh so i still have it and in fact it was a mask that was featured you guessed it in fred Fred? the domain of darkness yes oh and there's a scene in the movie where my my cousin Ryan playing the role of Claude Newton, because uh, by that point, Claude and I were no longer friends. The layers. Uh, yeah. You know, so Ryan is playing Claude Newton. And I said, we have to have a scene where Claude uh, becomes possessed and turns into a demon. So 
Uh, so very cleverly, I apologize. This was in part two. I'm so sorry for you uh, fans oh, out there. Spoiler alert for Fred part two. Yeah, before here. you guys call me out on it, I'm aware I made a mistake. <laughs> Uh, no, it was in Fred. Somebody angry tweets. Yes, why, why, yeah, you're, you don't even know your own films. <laughs> uh, Fred, A Darker Realm of Fire is, in fact, when Claude turns into a demon. But I remember um, my mom helped me find a place. It was some kind of like warehouse or barn in the middle of southern Ohio. Mm. And the guy had like a surplus of dry ice. I don't know why, but I was adamant that we have to have dry ice to make this effect and so uh i had little plastic cups uh, that i would set little little see-through uh plastic cups that i would set on the ground in the grass near ryan ah, and then before yes. we'd roll we'd put some dry ice in there and of course there was a lot of complications and by the time we started rolling all you would see were these plastic cups filled with water <laughs> No one knew why, but anyway, but we did a jump cut. So you'd see Ryan's face, hit pause, put the mask on, and then boom, he's a demon. What an amazing transformation. Oh. So I still have the mask. Uh, it's one of my favorite things that I have. And it's obviously it's latex. So it's all kind of rotted away on the jaw. The entire jaw is gone. Mm. So that is the first order of business is to recreate through sculpting uh, uh, that demon mask. That mask. Yeah. So I'm going to do that anyway. So that's my that's one of my favorite possessions. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Big Fred Two fans are clamoring over this. Yeah, this I will is... say. You know what? I uh, here's one other thing I have, and I, I I'm yeah. remembering things I have. I do have uh, from the Late Late Show, um, oh. and I didn't know about this until the last episode, uh, which I wish someone had told me sooner. <laughs> But backstage, there was a makeup area, which didn't really apply to me because I was hidden behind a wall puppeteering a robot. So nobody needed to see me, right? But Craig had this kind of like makeshift, last minute touch-up makeup area. And he had a like a director's chair that had his name on it. And next to his chair was another chair that didn't have my name on it, but it said Roboprop because that's <laughs> what I was referred to. It was a Roboprop. So I have that chair. Term of endearment. You know? I have that chair and I'll be auctioning it off for $10 million <laughs> at the end of the show. So stick Damn. around. My cap was $9 million. I was almost yeah, there. Well, <laughs> yeah, someday, buddy. A man can dream. A man can dream. <laughs> uh, question 20. Are you competitive? Now, now, I, you know, it's, look, it's hard enough uh, getting out of bed and trying to create something. Uh, it's hard enough to do that. It's, it's, it's enough of a challenge to do that without having to worry about what other people are doing. And, you know, I mean, social media has made it almost impossible to not be aware of what everybody is doing, uh, you know, specifically in my line of work. Um, uh, and I recently started a TikTok account. Hi, I'm 47, but somebody said it's a good <laughs> idea. And mm -hmm. uh, boy, yeah, that's not a good idea. I mean, 
it's good to put stuff on there and then quickly run away, like throwing a grenade and then hide. But uh, I was scrolling through the other day and then you, and then you just, I think more than any other social media platform, TikTok is the one that once you start, you, you, you can't stop, you know, hours have gone by and you're just scrolling. And basically you're just scrolling through the same people lip syncing to the same things for the 5,000th time. And you don't know where you are or who you are or how you got there. Um, but yeah, I, I listen, everybody stay in their own lane. Everybody creates at their own pace and in their own time. And I've only learned this recently. So I'm sort of answering this and also maybe imparting a little wisdom to any creative folks out there. Just, just make your own stuff and don't worry about the rest. Yeah, it's, put your blinders on and yeah, create. Just make your own stuff. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, 21, do you consider golf a sport? I I consider golf... Uh, when I think of golf, I just think of my my grandfather uh, swearing a lot and and throwing <laughs> a golf club. That's I think of that. I think of my grandfather being very angry, loving golf for some reason. But I think I feel about golf the same way I feel about playing Fortnite. Um, I play Fortnite often, and I don't. I don't know why. I don't understand the game. Um, I, I don't win a lot. I I have no skill at building forts in Fortnite. Um, I die often, and uh, on occasion, I've you know thrown the Nintendo Switch, and uh, I think it's the same as golf. I but I, but I I gotta play like Fortnite. I feel like if you've ever played it, it's it's a yeah. basically you you. For some reason, you start the game out on a a bus, a blue school bus that is connected to a hot air balloon. I don't know. Obviously, maybe you're yeah. a, you're a convict. You've done something wrong. Uh, so at some point, you have to jump out of the blue school bus. You and one hundred other souls, and you land on this island wherever you'd like on the island, and then you have to basically uh, be the last person standing now what i like to do when i play the game is land somewhere away from everybody and i always think like i just like to plant a garden or live out my days in a house on a <laughs> snow top hill or like well, just leave me be but someone always comes along and shoots me and uh, maybe i'm playing the game wrong i don't know golf is my grandfather swearing and one time he let uh my, my younger my cousins I have a lot of cousins he 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 thought it would be a good idea to let them, you know, drive a, a golf cart like it's like it's a like it's like it's Hot Wheels <laughs> or something, and they yeah. and they and they, you know, immediately crashed into a tree. So that was a great picnic for everybody. Uh, God bless you, Grandpa. Rest in peace. Golf not a sport. Um, I, I, and neither I, is Fortnite, apparently. And I, neither I is like Fortnite, <laughs> but I will say uh, miniature golf or putt-putt, as we call mm -hmm. it in Cleveland, absolutely a sport and valid. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Uh, 22. Have you ever played any sports? Uh, yes, but not for long. And uh, again, like the karaoke uh, scenario, I've been asked... Oh, no. 
you know, oh, to no. just maybe leave. Or I think, uh, I think in, in junior high, um, yeah, I mean, junior high is terrible as it is, but um, I went to a school, school called Hillside Junior High, or as, as we called it, Hellside Junior High. And it was just seventh and eighth grade in one building. Wow. You know, that's, that's like a prison. You know, it's a hormone prison. Yeah, it's a lot of whew. it's a lot of raw puberty. Yeah, you know, and and uh, gym class was very painful. And um, I remember playing basketball at some point in gym and being the kid that was like, "I'm open, I'm right here, I'm open," and nobody <laughs> would ever pass it to me. Or even I think once my dad said, uh, "You're gonna go, uh, you're gonna go play in little league." You're going to learn a sport, all right? Enough with your crying. So he sent me down to the local park near my street and um, Halloran Park. Uh, and I, I think I, I, was, I was on the team for about maybe two hours. They put me way in the outfield and I, I dropped the ball. And then I just ran home. I think I just ran home. So not a big sports guy. <laughs> I could, I'm getting that picture, you know, just, just a couple of small examples. Uh, yeah. And I grew up in Cleveland. So, wow. Imagine the pressure being sports. <laughs> Such great teams we have. Oh, they'll bring a championship home. <laughs> yeah. They're, one day. One day. They will. Uh, uh, 23 favorite sport to watch. Yeah, I don't, there's, you know, maybe, well, okay. Uh, wrestling. Oh, sure. Okay. When hey, I when I was you young, you know, we back when it was called WWF mm-hmm. before, I, I don't know the worldwide the the world the Wildlife Federation bunch of pandas after yeah. fifty years or something was like you know what <laughs> now that you mention it like, they why, are the same letters you know that this is not which also <laughs> ties into Men at Work because you, did you know that uh, Land Down Under. Uh, I think it was the the flute portion of that song. There was some woman sued men at work because that part of the song was uh, an uh, an interpolated version of some classic song or something. I don't know, oh. Kook, the Kookaburra song or some Australian folk song or nursery rhyme. I don't know. And Interesting. All these like it was only like five years ago. I'm like you know, re- you know what. How, how much time did you have to? Now that's how I Just feel someone... about the WWF. It's enough already. But back then we had, you know, obviously Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, uh, oh, yeah. the Junkyard Dog, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I mean, Hacksaw Jim. Doug, I mean, all uh, all these guys. I, I I loved it. My friend Matt uh, had all the action figures, the bendable ones, the big, the yeah. big tall ones, and uh, we even went and saw. He took me to see it live in cleveland which was an amazing experience um so probably yeah, probably wrestling sure that sounds fun i love it yeah yeah uh 24 theme parks yeah i get you know i <laughs> they terrified me as a kid um did, don't understand the roller coaster concept but uh not so much theme parks uh, as a, a county fair, I like a good mm. county fair because I really I like a uh, I like a good fun house. They're not as good now as they used to be, and yes, 
uh, in Ohio, we had the Cuyahoga County Fair. And back then, this is so long ago that they had real, authentic, uh, as they called them, freak shows. And uh, you'd go into the tent and there'd be a, a, a carny barker for one dollar more, just one dollar more behind this tent. You can see the boy with four eyes. Yes, the boy with four eyes, the man with six legs just behind this tent for one dollar more. And I remember uh, this particular time that I went with my mom uh, and I, don't know, I was probably eight or nine. And this guy said, uh, the spider woman. Yes, she's got the head of a lady and the body of a spider behind this wall for one dollar. So you know, I said, got it, got it. I mean, come on, I got to see the spider woman. I have what to. What a bargain, too. You got to. So you go in there and it's, it's just this woman that has her head uh, clearly through a hole in a wall and into a sort of makeshift paper mache spider outfit. And what, what I loved about it was it wasn't just, ooh, look at that. It's a spider woman. Um, she would insult you uh, as you walked <laughs> by. So she would say things like, what are you looking at? You never seen a girl with eight legs before? Keep walking. <laughs> I never forgot that. It was my favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> what a double whammy. The, the yeah. angry <laughs> spider woman. Uh, and that's because that's I'd seen a movie... Um, uh, back uh, you know when when I watched all these late night horror movie shows, we yeah. at Channel Forty Three in Cleveland. We had this guy named Superhost, and Superhost was also the local weatherman. <laughs> but on Saturdays mm-hmm. he was Superhost. He would and you know he was uh, Marty. I think his name was Marty. I want to say Marty Evans. I don't know if I got that. I'm so sorry if I got that wrong. I'm sure you guys will call me out, but. Marty, he passed away just a few years ago, but he he would put not a clown nose, but just a red dot of paint on his nose and some brill cream in his jet black hair, which I, I'm sure was, you know, naturally black. Marty Sullivan. Oh. It was Marty Sullivan. Marty Sullivan. And Marty um, would then wear a Superman-esque suit, but it would say SH for super host. And, you know, it would the suit would uh, would stretch out a little bit as the years went on. So Marty had a little paunch, but he had the suit on, and he'd say, hey, kids, we got another great show for you. And he'd do this kind of wacky voice, and uh, he'd always show like a Three Stooges or a Little Rascals featurette, and then he'd say, okay, we got a, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. And But this one day, he played a movie called, and this is the title of the film, the movie is called that's right. It's just, hmm. it's like the letter S like 10 times. Someone just fell asleep on their Right, keyboard. they went. <laughs> and it's about a guy uh, who uh, turns into, I think through scientific experimentation, he turns into half man, half snake. Of and course. it's all about the freak show. So that's where I got the idea from. Oh, I want to go to a freak show. Come on, pay the dollar. I want to see the spider lady. Eh, alas, wasn't the same <laughs> I'm, thing. I was picturing her like taking a cigarette out of her mouth with all eight legs, yeah. like the whole time. I, you know, I think she. Vibe. I feel like she may have done that, but just did it with her normal hand, <laughs> which is even funnier just to didn't me. Didn't care about like, the shtick. What are yeah. you looking at? Keep walking. I remember that. I can't believe I remember that. 
what are you looking keep moving keep walking and i was like ah, frightened anyway amazing uh 25 uh dubbed the ron bennington after famous radio personality you're standing in a wrestling ring and a wave of nine-year-olds a random mix of boys and girls are coming down to the ring to fight you how many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight I mean, legally, you know, are, is, are there going to be legal ramifications? This uh, is in international waters. I'm running this in, in international waters. I, can t- so. I mean, and how many are coming down there? How many are coming That's in? the question. How, how many do you think you could take where, you know, one or two more and they'll probably yeah, get Yeah, I mean, at this stage in my life, you know, like three, you know, wouldn't look good. You know what I mean? I, I'd avoid the good whole, optics. I'd yeah. avoid the whole thing because, you know, be like, I can only take one and then. You know, a group of nine-year-olds beat Josh Robert Thompson to <laughs> death today. and be no sympathy. People would be on yeah. TikTok. We think you're talking about TikTok. I mean, there would just be all these reenactments of it, like within oh. seconds. If you I, thought that um, Will Smith, Chris Rock thing went viral, this is next that, level. By the <laughs> way, that, I mean, it's like people must have, I, I don't know what people are doing out there, but immediately within like an hour of that happening, there were song parodies. There mm-hmm. were fully produced sketches. Uh, I, 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 it was I, shocking. I, Full I pieces of artwork, like paintings, yeah, drawings. They're, they're right there, were, there were NFTs. Uh, somebody, yes. people would say to me, "Josh, are you gonna? Are you gonna do something? Are you gonna?" I said, "No, man. I'm uh, not how I work, but you guys enjoy. You, you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Every angle of it is covered. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, it's all good, man." Uh, 26. What's a game you know you can win? Well, it's clearly not Fortnite. <laughs> and it's certainly now, not golf. I, I did hear there is a new version of uh, a Fortnite coming out. This is this is legit. I, I saw some news article about it. No building whatsoever. Yeah. It, Only uh, shooting. Listen, pal, I got news for you. It's already out. Whoa. And I'm already, news on I'm top already of it. playing it. And uh, it's <laughs> Just as infuriating. Uh, I see. Uh, okay, I thought. Yeah. I thought there'd be a little respite there. But now, sometimes yeah. when I land, when I land on the island in that game, uh, like within seconds, some some dopey kid will just shoot me immediately. And sometimes I'll, and they can't hear me, but I'll say to myself, "Wait, wait, man, wait. Let's talk this. Th- oh, hold on, hold on. I, I just got here. Just, <laughs> just, just take look, my wallet. Give me a head start, man. Yeah, just give me. I don't have any. I have nothing yet. I, they don't care. They just." they move on so uh yeah no i did know that i did know that oh okay I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh now is there a game you think you can win oh or? right um you know i'm i'm pretty good at uh at uno mm. anybody wants to play me at uno look out because <laughs> this guy Especially if it's one on one, you're you're gonna get a lot of reverse back to me and draw fours. So, oh, classic! You're gonna the be old skip, skip, reverse. Yeah, combo. skip, skip, reverse. And you just sit. You just sit Oof. there going, "Come on, what?" And you, you just keep making people draw four, draw five. You know, and there's a whole thing. In the, if you really read the rules of that game, uh, you can call someone's bluff. You know, if they yeah. if they're asking for certain colors. Uh, you can say, you know, do you, do you do you really need a green card or whatever? Anyway, if they're lying, they have to draw like six or something like that. So 
Don't mess with me. I know the rules. Okay. I'm... <laughs> yeah. For the audio listeners, Josh is threateningly taking out a deck of Uno cards right yeah. now. Yeah. It's... I'm holding them it's in rough. my hand right now. And I'm playing against Solitaire Uno. I'm playing against myself. <laughs> You got to keep the muscle strong. You, you have know, You to. can't let them at- atrophy. You, gotta, you can't. You got to go for it. I agree. Uh, 27. What topic can you discuss the most? I mean, I could talk about, uh, I could talk about movies, I think, the most. I mean, if if you get me started on, uh, you know, Italian zombie or cannibal movies from the 70s and 80s, it's over it's over you know but i do i did recently get into some uh and i and i i thought better of it and and backed away from the conversation sometimes i i forget how twitter works and um i rarely post movie reviews or my thoughts about anything other than hey guys here's a new thing i'm doing bye and um i went and saw the batman Mm. and i haven't wanted to leave a film in the middle of a film for a long time but that movie and it's a long movie i've sat through very long movies look i've seen dune three times now i've enjoyed it every time um i kept looking over my girlfriend and going are you do should we go or i don't know what's the point of all this (laughs) um so i dared to uh you know post my thought i dared the audacity to post my own opinions about something. How could you? And boy, people were very upset. So it's nice to know that everyone's got their priorities in order out there. Good job, everyone. Yeah, of course. Anyway, I, I took it down and just said, you know what? I'm okay. I'll keep my thoughts to myself. So, but movies, yeah. You know, we could talk about movies. I'm getting that vibe. I like yeah, it. Love it. Uh, 28 favorite place you visited. Favorite place. Um, hmm. Well, you know, uh, the Late Late Show, uh, you know, when, when I was on that show, I was fortunate enough to travel uh, around the world. And uh, we did we did a lot of shows remotely. And one of my favorite locations was Scotland. That was pretty cool. Um, oh. I enjoyed that, but I now I'm remembering I actually really enjoyed uh, London. I, I shot a series of commercials for an insurance company by ten years ago. Now the insurance company was called More Than Insurance, and I was their on-camera sp- spokesperson. Oh. And uh, but I I sounded like Morgan Freeman, but my name was More Than Freeman. You see. And so Morgan Freeman, the real Morgan Freeman, got paid a lot of money. He got paid way more money than I did <laughs> to let me do his voice. He got paid to not be in a commercial. That's how badass Morgan Freeman is. And uh, yeah, so I ended up going to London for two weeks and shooting there. And then the following year, I went back and shot more of those commercials, but we did those in uh, South Africa, which was also really, really incredible. Wow. So those were those were very memorable places for me. That's incredible. Yeah. Also, 
Morgan Freeman. Well, making a check for just well, literally I'll doing take a couple million. Yeah, if he wants to do it. Oh, am I going to make that? No, you're not going to make anywhere near that. But you get to go to London, so I guess. <laughs> That's incredible. Thanks a lot, Morgan uh, Freeman. Just kidding, <laughs> buddy. Just kidding, buddy. He seems all right. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, 29, what's your catchphrase? What's my catchphrase? <laughs> Come on, you know. Well, a lot of people seem to think that my catchphrase is either bulls or in your pants. Uh, but the catchphrase, not so much my catchphrase, but the one that people seem to say to me often is, and it's really a horrible one if you think about it. Uh, this is the one I see the most in comments. This is the one that people say the most to me. Uh, to my face, they'll say, careful, Icarus. And, you know, look, here's the thing. If you know your mythology, not a great story. It doesn't end well. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, I just want to clarify really quickly. Please. You know, there's a difference between uh, aspiring to want to do new things in your career uh, and being so arrogant that you think you can fly uh, as high as the sun with wax wings. I mean, these are two different things. So, you yes. know, I love you guys out there, but when I post things like, here's a brand new project I'm working on, and I'm in a movie or I'm writing a book, and your first comment is, careful, Icarus. You know, it's... <laughs> no, I listen, I know it's a, a place... Of, it's an interesting story because The Late Late Show, obviously, I I puppeteered and voiced this character, Jeff Peterson, who looked a lot like a skeleton, but was in fact a uh, a robot with uh, skeleton parts. And uh, I was the sidekick on a late night talk show, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. And so uh, after a while, that character and that dynamic of Craig and Jeff became very popular with fans of the show. It wasn't planned that way. It just happened that way. And it's amazing. I I'm so grateful for that. And uh, yeah. So then eventually Jeff Peterson got his own Twitter, which still has way more followers than I do on Twitter. What the hell? What the hell, man? Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, I started to embrace social media. I encouraged CBS to do the same at the time. They clearly didn't. And uh, so that's why there's so many people that have channels on YouTube where they've just taken every episode of the show and they put it up themselves. And um, so I would do this thing every Friday on the Jeff Peterson official Twitter page called ask a robot. And people could ask all kinds of questions. And for an hour, I would answer them as Jeff Peterson. And one day I just thought maybe it would be nice if I got a little credit for being the guy that is the voice of the robot. And so I tweeted out as Jeff to, to follow me. Please follow yeah. Josh Robert Thompson. And the first comment was a guy that wrote, uh, careful Icarus. So that's, Ooh. so then I thought, and I, look, my reaction wasn't great. I was very angry at that guy. And then Craig caught wind of it and thought it was hilarious 
And and so the next day on the show, uh, he started really ribbing me, ribbing me, no pun intended, about it uh, as his um, rabbit character, the cussing rabbit named Sid, mm. the white bunny rabbit. So that's where eventually it became a joke and it was funny. But that, every time I hear it, I go, ooh. <laughs> get that shiver down your that's spine. not my catchphrase all right my catchphrase no. is get that damn dog away from me <laughs> that's what we're putting on the t-shirts yeah. after the show get that damn dog away from me will you i'll hide that's the it. careful icarus one thank you buddy oh, i knew yeah, it. i got you I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll ship them over like the old uh uh, the Super Bowl loser shirts, yeah, the ones yes. that have the wrong results yeah. on it. We'll we'll ship them to people. Oh, that's great. That's okay. I'd love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore? Uh, George Lucas. I dressed up as uh, George Ooh. Lucas. Uh, full makeup, full uh, makeup appliances, three-hour makeup job. Uh, I had an amazing wow. makeup team that worked on my... Uh, TV pilot that I made years ago and they transformed me into uh, George Lucas and I went to uh, Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, uh, California and Brilliant. just yeah. felt like a celebrity. There's videos of it out there you can watch, but it was really fun. I really loved that. Oh, so good. And you do a killer George Lucas, by the way. Well, it's, uh, you know, I love because I admire George Lucas. You know, he's a pioneer, you know. Uh, I'm, you know, I may sound like I'm tired and just unenthusiastic but here i am just making money hand over fist so kiss my ass <laughs> it's really fun to do it's very enjoyable it's like poetry it rhymes yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> uh 91 have you ever had any 91 wow 31 amazing <laughs> we, we jumped in uh have you ever had something named after you uh nothing i can say uh in public <laughs> No. Uh, hey, would you the like the G Josh Robert Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> Not today, thanks. Uh I don't I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe like a like a fan page or something like that, but mm. I, I don't think uh I think I started it myself, so I don't think it counts. Anyway. The old JRT. Yeah. <laughs> uh 32. Hobby. You dedicated the most time to. Other than playing Fortnite, um, you know, for years and years, I did a lot of, I did a lot of cartooning. I have just uh, notebooks and sketchbooks filled with very detailed uh, cartoons and artwork that I did uh, all throughout grade school. You know, all the all through high school and a little bit in uh, college as well. I actually just started getting back into it because I got a uh ipad pro like a year ago with the drawing program which is called procreate and uh oh that thing's amazing yeah, yeah so i've started to scan the first thing i'm doing is scanning all of my artwork and getting it into the computer and then i'm going in and mm. finishing some stuff touching things up and then um you know start drawing again. it's very very therapeutic and i really loved it i was really amazed i just started looking at some of the stuff going wow i don't even remember how i did that and the other thing is uh music you know i was talking about tangerine dream and my love of electronic music music and ambient music and so i've been doing that kind of music for years you know just just for myself i mean i have 
Yeah. You know, there, it, the band is called, uh, I mean, it's just me, but it's called Cake for Grandpa. It's a long story, but uh, basically my, I like my, it already. my friend Matt that I mentioned, uh, I was supposed to hang out with him one day and we were going to go to the mall or something. Hey, let's go to the, let's go to the Parmatown mall and walk around like a couple of losers and, uh, you know, go play some, we'll go play a golden ax or something over at, uh, uh, what was it? Aladdin's castle. That was the name of the, uh, arcade Aladdin's now castle. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. yeah we don't, we don't, <laughs> our, our friend, uh, Keith Crosley worked there. He was a manager at Aladdin's castle. And sometimes we'd get him to Ooh. give us a few extra tokens, you know? And, uh, but I remember I just, I canceled at the last minute cause I had to go to a stupid birthday party for my grand, my grandfather. I said, can't man, I gotta go have cake for grandpa. <laughs> 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 or they got a, they got a cake for grandpa. Uh, and he was like cake for grandpa. And that just, I don't know why it just became the name of my band. So there's, there's probably the SoundCloud or whatever is probably still out there. If, if anybody out there is interested in that kind of stuff, you can listen to it. But I love doing that. And I'm working on some new music now. So uh, maybe the end of the year, I'll have another uh, I don't know, album. It's not like you got to buy it or anything. But yeah, that that those are the two things yeah. I enjoy doing the most. I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 33. Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on? Wow. Um, I used to have a, well, I used to really love, uh, I had a big crush on uh, Thora Birch. Oh. When she, she's yeah. a, one of my favorite movies is Ghost World. And uh, I loved her in Ghost World. But also um, Christina Ricci, she was in uh, a great, great film called Buffalo 66. And I just remember seeing that movie and being like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in love. Uh, so those are those are the two. Ricci, There's so many if others. You're listening. If yep. you're listening. <laughs> uh 34. What's the strangest job you ever had? Um Well, yeah, the strangest job I ever had was uh tel telemarketing. I remember um it was like in it was 1995. I remember it was 1995 because I was about to move from Cleveland to Los Angeles, and I had this horrible job at a place called Dial America Marketing. Even the name is awful; it just sounds depressing. It was just everybody in these <laughs> cubicles, and uh, I remember the 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 premise was that we were selling magazine subscriptions to people. And, and a, a, a certain amount of those subscriptions would go to help fight leukemia by the year 2000. Obviously, it didn't work, but didn't quite. Take, we were we but. were trying, but it was but it was it yeah. was 12 and a half percent of your prescription, your, your uh, subscription would go to help uh, fight leukemia by the year 2000. We were we were going to end leukemia by the year 2000. I mean, it's a noble cause. Yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, cold calling people like that. Uh, and this is back when you could do such a thing was, uh, was a real, uh, experience. Let me tell you. Uh, I remember what I remember about that job is there was a guy that worked there. One of my coworkers, his name was Jermaine Leonard and Jermaine talked like this. He was like, Hey, let's get out of here. Let's just leave for the day. 
And I said, sure, Jermaine Leonard, let's just go. So we just we just left work we, 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 like we were going on a break. And then we we just walked down the street to uh, <laughs> this movie theater. And that's the first time I saw the movie Seven. Uh, that oh, was, yeah, that was yes. that's when it came out. And uh, much better use of my time. I think we also <laughs> we also left another time and went and saw uh, the movie. <laughs> not as good of a film, the movie Congo, an, a real masterpiece oh, from uh, yes. Michael Crichton. Congo with the the sign language uh ape the ape that could do sign language but every time she would do sign language uh it would her it, her device she wore would talk so she'd say like Amy scared Amy hungry I just remember that I don't know why it was somebody in a gorilla suit so sue me <laughs> Congo there you go my story sticking to a terrible job <laughs> uh 35 what's a book you'd recommend the world to read the world oh uh uh it's a book called still life with woodpecker that's the name of the book by a writer named tom robbins uh one of my favorite writers of all time uh it's it's a masterpiece it's just a beautifully crafted book and uh more recently, I reread or I read for the first time Frank Herbert's Dune. Oh. And uh, you really got to read this book, folks. It's it really is maybe one of the great uh, science fiction novels of all time. It's an amazing book. Um, stunned at how close the movie is. The first half of this movie is. Uh, uh, to the to the first half of the novel, it's amazing. Anyway, it's a it's a those are great books. Highly recommended. Love it. Uh, Thirty six. What's a movie that always makes you laugh? Uh, a movie that always makes me laugh. Well, you know, I, Step Brothers is a really funny movie. Step Brothers. Um, it's 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 just never not funny to me i love that movie um i really really do i i like uh i have to say it's it's kind of i mean it's a it's a painful movie but it's also very funny uh woody woody allen's uh annie hall is is a brilliantly mm. i mean it's a brilliantly funny movie one, yeah. one of my favorite movies certainly um th those two uh those two are great classics yeah absolutely 37 what's the worst movie you've ever seen other than the batman no i'm kidding guys <laughs> it wasn't the worst movie come the on tweets are coming in yeah Josh, the you don't, tweets are you don't get in. it it's batman year two you don't get yeah i get it dude i get you it. have to read yeah. 400 books before you okay. understand this movie don't I, you, I, don't I, just, you I got it, it. <laughs> you know Look, I saw Dune without having read it, and I still liked it. So, you know, come on, folks. Um, <laughs> worst, worst movie. There's so many. There's so, the thing is, even, even in a movie that's bad, there's, there's one scene or one performance or one moment that's great in any movie. There's always something. Um, God, there's so many bad movies i mean <laughs> yeah that's 
That's a tough question because because I because I watch a lot of so-called bad movies. I was watching a movie last night that I haven't seen since I was a kid. There used to be a show called USA on the USA Network. It was called USA Up All Night. And uh, Gilbert Gottfried hosted it for a while. And then there was this comedian and blonde bombshell, Rhonda Shear, who used to wear very low cut dresses and have her 80s hair teased to the heavens and would uh, play this ditzy character that wasn't really like herself at all and host these terrible movies. And I remember the two movies I'd watch all the time were, um, uh, they were heavily edited, by the way, for TV. Reform School Girls, very exciting stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. which is exactly about what you think it is. And then the other movie was one of Tim Robbins, not Tom Robbins, the author, but Tim Robbins, the actor. One of his first films was a movie called uh, Fraternity Vacation. And uh, and I knew there were boobies in that movie. You just couldn't see them because they'd been edited out for this TV version. And uh, so recently I found, uh, miraculously, somebody thought to put on DVD a double feature of both <gasps> of those movies. Uncensored. Uncensored. So the other night, this is but, but two nights ago, I watched Fraternity Vacation in all of its uncut glory. What a terrible, yet, <laughs> yet one, what a wonderfully terrible, terrible movie. You know, uh, um, I think one of the, one of the worst movies I'd ever seen was, um, it was a re, it was like a Beauty and the Beast it was some movie I had to, at the time, my girlfriend at the time made me go to this God awful movie. And it was like a, it was like a beauty and the beast movie. It came out like 10 years ago. Maybe it was just called beast or something. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, that was a, oh, that was a horrible film. I excused myself to go to the bathroom for a very long time. (laughs) For two hours. I mean, boy, that was terrible (laughs) anyway, but you know, listen, most bad movies are still great in some way. I think. Yeah, you find the gem in the mud. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I love the prequels, so what are you going to do? Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. You're welcome, Josh. That pod racing scene. Oh, man, there's nothing like it. Oof. So good. Uh, 38, who's your favorite actor or actress? There's so many. Uh, One of my favorites... Uh, a guy named David Thewlis, who's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, younger people would probably know him from the Harry Potter movies, but he was in a he was in a film directed by written and directed by a, a guy named Mike Lee, who's uh, one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, called it's a movie called Naked, and uh, it's mostly improvised. Um, beautiful, beautiful film. He, yeah, he's he's a yeah. he's a really really great. Uh, actor and um yeah that's 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 the one i can think of right now i love it shout outs to thulis and i you know i also like that uh i like that doesn't do much these days but i like that george clooney i like that guy you know i like that mm. guy whenever he, he makes he usually makes pretty good choices he's an interesting actor i also oh. like matthew mcconaughey man he's oh you know who's great I, and now i'm thinking of all these people all of a sudden uh um 
Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell. Okay, so I didn't yeah. I didn't think the Batman was the greatest thing, but he he plays the penguin and you there's no way that you would recognize him at all in that film. Um he's an incredible actor. He makes really interesting choices. He did and again, I make I have weird tastes, man, but uh season 2 of True Detective is my favorite season because it's so messy and weird and dark. Mm. And Colin Farrell is so powerful in that. He's a great actor. Love that guy. Oh, he's, he's excellent. He he's is. excellent. Yeah. 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors are running through the kitchen? It's pretty amazing. It, I mean, it's frightening. It still holds up that scene. The original oh, Jurassic so Park. Um, Directed by Steven Spielberg. How does you steal Spielberg? And it's just wonderful. You know, it's just a tough scene because we have these, you know, these little kids and they're, you know, they're they're in peril. It's always hard during a movie. That's true. Yeah, I like to have, I like to have, oh, it's, oh, it's uh, George. Hi, oh, hey, Stephen. How are you? It's great to see you. I love when you have kids in peril. It's fun. You know, remember we did a, a Temple of Doom together? <laughs> that was great. We had a lot of kids getting whipped and beaten. What a fun movie for everybody. Um, listen. I could just do that all day. It's that's what I do when you're not around. I just sit here and talk to myself as Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Um, that kitchen that scene is so terrifying, and um, it's so it's such a simple, uh, a simply shot uh, sequence. Uh, especially that scene where the the kid is trying to uh, close the the reflective door, one of the shelves yeah. he's hiding in. And then you realize it's actually the reflection on the other side. He's on the opposite side of it. And the raptor hits his head. You know, that's amazing. Um, a guy named Phil Tippett, one of, one of the great stop motion animators of modern times, he, uh, he actually animated uh, that entire scene first. They actually did the entire sequence in stop motion so if you if you can ever track that down it's really cool to look at that's before they discovered oh we can just do it digitally and then he was like computers all right well never mind (laughs) anyway but wonderful scene man ah i love it this is just my episodic reminder of how cool that scene is uh 40 first show as a kid you got really into so many. Uh, first show as a kid, I probably the Smurfs. I remember. Oh, it was the Smurfs. Uh, yeah, this was the heyday, man. Saturday morning cartoons and the the uh, you know hopped up on sugar from the cereal. Um, probably Smurfs or uh, GI Joe. Probably it's GI Joe or He Man. Those were like really big ones, man. GI Joe was like a Big deal. G.I. Joe was, they, I remember when they had like a, a, a week long movie. It was like a five part movie. And, uh, and we were just blown away. My friend, uh, this kid named Adam, he, he, Adam had like every Star Wars action figure in the world. You know, he had everything. Yeah. And we always go to Adam's house to watch G.I. Joe and, Man, I remember that. G.I. Joe, the movie, was so crazy. Cobra Commander was out of control. There was Destro, and then there was, like, another dude, Cobra Cobra Law or something. He had, like, he wore, like, Cobra headgear, Serpentor, maybe. I don't know. The thing was out of control. 
It was out of control, <laughs> but you know, you couldn't, you had to watch, you know, what's going to happen. And of course, every week it was the same yeah, thing. They defeated Cobra commander and then he'd yell, damn it. I'll get you Joe. Yeah. Like a lot of that. And then, you know, come back next week. And then you'd learn a lesson at the end. At the end, they'd say, Hey, yeah kids stay away from you know guys in vans or whatever i don't know <laughs> kids were dumb back then gi <laughs> <laughs> joe taught me anything yeah those dang vans uh 41 who should play you in a movie of your life uh, i mean you know he's probably a little they could still do it you know uh david arquette Oh, David Arquette. David Arquette, yeah. you know, because he kind I kind of have that David Arquette. Or, you know, personally, I feel like uh, Paul Rudd should play me. Let's be mm. honest. That's <laughs> just me. That's, that's <laughs> just me hoping. We'll get them both to audition. Thank you. you know, we'll give them the chance. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> yeah. only fair. It's only fair. It's only fair. We'll decide in the room. Yeah. You know? uh, 42. Who's the biggest celebrity? you ever met in person uh biggest celebrity i ever met well well it depends i mean morgan freeman was a pretty big deal uh, on the late late show you know and you can you can find this clip on youtube somewhere where um actually you can find it on on my youtube channel um, hey. where i as jeff peterson am doing the voice of morgan freeman to Morgan Freeman, who was a guest on that show. So um, that's good. I would say, well, uh, you know, this is me talking to myself as Morgan Freeman. And Morgan said, I, this is the first time I've ever heard myself from the outside, you know. And uh, so, but after that segment during the commercial break, uh, Craig brought Morgan Freeman over uh, to meet me. So, you know, I got to shake hands with Morgan Freeman. Oh. I was like, that's very good. That's outstanding. Now, don't. Don't be taking work from me now, you, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> that one was pretty great. I think the big one for me was uh, meeting Carol Burnett. I've told the story before, but uh, oh. Carol Burnett, you know, one of the legends, one of the icons of yeah. the golden age of television. Uh, Carol Burnett and Friends, one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, um, as was The Muppet Show. I should also mention The Muppet Show. Um, but Carol was a guest on the Late Late Show, and that was a case where she wanted to meet me, so that that was amazing. Uh, um, she wanted to know who the person was playing this robot, because I, I guess she watched the show a lot. So she, she paid me a very nice compliment, and uh, I was just so thrilled by that. So definitely meeting Carol Burnett was a big one. That's colossal. She's yeah. an absolute legend. Yeah, yeah amazing. <laughs> Oh, great. Uh, 43, TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. Hmm. Can I, can I say my own podcast? <laughs> Absolutely you can. You know, guys, I had five podcasts over the years, and none <laughs> of you listened to one of them. No. Um, let's see. Well, you know, there was a show, well, this is when I was a, a kid, but there was a show called, uh, I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous show, but <laughs> it was called uh, Lancelot Link Secret Chimp. 
And it was a show about a chimpanzee that was a secret agent. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they were real chimpanzees. I guess they gave them like something to chew on. And then later, as they were moving their mouths, uh, voice oh. actors would go in and dub in their lines. And uh, like Mr. Ed kind of. Yeah, oh, but it was okay. it was wild. Man. And they had like, I'm sure they were. I'm sure there's a lot of illegal stuff going on to make this show happen. But they had like, you know, some chimps dressed as like, uh, you know, damsel in distress. You got Lancelot Link. Then you have the the villain. It was it was such a weird that show. And um, uh, there was Ultraman because I'm a big fan of like the the. Um, kaiju what's called the kaiju movies or films from japan basically guy in a rubber suit with miniatures right obviously we know godzilla i i love all those films but um there was a show called um ultraman which is still running i think they have new episodes of ultraman but then there was a show called spectraman Spectraman. It was like it was basically just Ultraman. I don't know what the difference was, but I remember the villains were um, apes. They were like ape ape people, just guys that put on like bad ape masks, and maybe they were green apes with kind of long hair, and they would do a lot of this. We'll get you, Spectraman. And uh, yeah, I was a weird. I had a lot of problems as a kid. <laughs> So <laughs> a lot of ape related content. I love it. Let me it. let me tell you something. Uh it's back to the Halloween thing for a second. Nothing funnier yeah. to me than an ape uh costume. I mean mm. yeah. Nothing funnier in this. I, I in fact I own two of them. And not that you asked, but now now you have the answer. Two ape uh-huh. costumes. Taking a note. Okay. And that to Perfect. the authorities. <laughs> we got them. We, we got, got them, folks. <laughs> Uh, no, 44, uh, favorite comedian. You better say Craig Ferguson. I don't know who this woman is. She's in my head, uh, all the time. Yeah. Craig is a very funny guy. My favorite comedian. Wow. I mean, when I was, when I was a kid, the, the first comedy album that I listened to over and over again was called uh, I Have a Pony by comedian Stephen Wright. And Stephen Wright was, uh, you know, one of my, he's a legend of, you know, Boston comedy. And, uh, um, but right now, uh, I love uh, Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon is an exceptionally funny human being um, because he just, he just says what's on his mind, and that's very refreshing. Um, very, very funny guy. Um, who, there's another guy. Um, who, am, who am I allowed to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. No, I like um, uh, Dave Chappelle, obviously. I think right now is, is the greatest uh, living comedian, I think, of our time. That's just, I mean, I, he's just such a funny, inventive wonderful uh storyteller um yeah really really great yeah i love him a lot yeah hard to argue any of them yeah yeah uh 45 best saturday night live cast member jeez come on man you know i'm trying to get on that show 
What are you trying to, what are you trying to do here? Best. Um, the answer is Lauren Michaels. Yeah, or Lauren Michaels is, is the best. Whoever's in charge now. Um, yeah. Colin Jost. <laughs> depends on, I mean, it's different eras, you know, different eras have different. I mean, uh, Phil Hartman is the guy that comes to mind. I mean, although, you know, when I was growing up, that was my SNL. Everybody has their SNL, right? And so yeah. it was, uh, mine was the Kevin Nealon uh jan hooks and dana carvey and john lovitz you know um all that that whole group and um yeah they were they were they were just they were brilliant but yeah he was uh he he would yeah he was incredible he was incredible i mean phil hartman could just he could do anything. He could do anything on that show. And I mean, obviously I never worked with him, but he was just, he, he seemed like he was such a, a giving performer and he was always really dedicated to uh, those sketches. And now um, I really think uh, of the new, the, I mean, she's been around a while, but uh, Cecily Strong is uh, is a, is an incredible yes. performer. And yeah. she's really had a chance in like the last five years. She's really just, shines with these these characters that she comes up with uh, so she's always really fun to watch i mean there's a lot of good people on there but those are the two that i i really enjoyed phenomenal yeah uh 46 what's the nerdiest thing you've ever done how much time you got <laughs> uh wow what's the nerdiest there's so many there's so many i mean any just just a typical day in my life. I mean, uh, wow. What is the nerdiest question. thing I've ever done? I mean, I guess some, some would say dressing up as George Lucas and going to Comic-Con. That's big. That feels like the penultimate nerdiest thing that one could do. Now, uh, the the star Wars celebration experience was a wonderful one. I went there dressed as George Lucas, as we talked about earlier. And I felt like a celebrity. I couldn't move more than a few feet without being, you know, mobbed by people wanting autographs and photos. They didn't, they didn't care. It was me. They just thought it was George Lucas and um, Comic-Con little different uh, crowd over there. Uh, Comic-Con little, uh, a little more rough around the edges, that group. And I remember that was when The Force Awakens was about to come out. And um, so they have this, they have, a, they have different halls that uh, there are different events happening and different presentations and Q&A things happening. And Hall H, uh, those of you not familiar with Comic-Con, Hall H is where, you know, the big movie panels happen. And that year... Mm. It was The Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams was there, Kathleen Kennedy. They had a bunch of cast members. Um, but for that one, uh, you had to get a special wristband to get in there. And there were people waiting under these tents for, you know, a week to get wow. in there. So by the time I showed up dressed as George Lucas with my picket sign that says, you know, Greedo <laughs> shot first. Um, uh -huh. these people were very tired and smelly and sweaty and angry, which was perfect for this bit that we did. 
And so I just stood near these tents as they were slowly beginning to file into Hall H. And I just kept saying, does anybody want to give me a, a wristband? George Lucas here, uh, creator of Star Wars. I create, I'm responsible for this. The, the reason this is happening is because of me. Anybody? <laughs> I mean, people were flipping me off and they were like, you know, you ruined Star Wars, man. Go to hell. <laughs> and now, and now it's funny, you know, years later, the, the new three movies come out and now everybody's like, we love you, George. Please come yeah. back. I'm so come sorry. Back. So uh, that was, uh, that was pretty nerdy. That, yeah. Pretty nerdy. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 47 least favorite state. Jeez. <laughs> um, wow. Can't say Ohio. Um, no, I don't know. Least favorite state. California's pretty. I mean, LA's not a state, but it feels like mm. it should be separated from the rest of the no i Give it i more earthquake and it actually might be separated yeah from i think we're close <laughs> I, I i love them all they're all great i'll i'll pass i'll come back okay. to that one that's fair that's <laughs> fair uh 48 best thing you ever won it's florida the answer is obviously florida <laughs> come on man it's it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a mess the real 47 might as well just say, say the word Florida. Say Florida. <laughs> because what are you people, what are you people you doing get? over there? What's going on? Over there? Yeah, Florida, obviously. All right, I'm sorry. Now, what's the next one? <laughs> uh, favorite thing you ever won. Or uh, best thing you ever won. Excuse me. Hmm. Well, I think the way that I won this was cool. I, I went to a place here in Hollywood called the Magic Castle, right? And uh, very exclusive place, hard to get into. Yeah. You got to know a magician who can recommend you and sure, meet me there at this certain time and say the password and we'll see about it. Uh, I, I went to one of their Halloween parties there with uh, my friend, my friend, John Mariano, who John Mariano, who's a great actor and a voice actor. He was uh he was Bobby Pidge. He was Bobby Pigeon on the uh, Good Feathers segment of Animaniacs, and um, yes, you know he's done a lot of cool stuff. Anyway, so John and I are big, you know, Halloween fans. We went, uh, and I dressed as my preacher character that I do on occasion, the the Reverend Apostle BG, and I was wearing like a sky blue suit and my bald skull cap and i don't know anyway one of the judges of the costume contest was uh <laughs> tippy hedron from from alfred oh, hitchcock's from the birds, the birds. Yeah. uh and tippy tippy was a little tipsy uh tippy was in her cups that night and uh <laughs> she was kind of yeah, she's an older woman, but I mean, it's like, listen, it's still Tippy Hedren, you know. She was kind of, she kind of took a shine to me. She really liked me a lot, and uh, I was like trying to explain to her, you know, this is, I don't look like this. This is not me. Um, but for whatever reason, she decided I was cute, and so I won. Uh, and the prize was the box set on Blu-ray of uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
and then a ticket two tickets to go see at that time uh paul rubens peewee herman was uh doing a live uh tour uh so that was a pretty that was pretty amazing that was a cool prize yeah that's incredible yeah yeah and given out by uh you know, Hitchcock legend. I, I wish I, I wish I could end that story by saying, and uh, I had a pretty good night with Tippy Hedren. But no, I yeah, got the hell out of there. She was swarming me like a bird. Uh, too. Oh yeah, buddy, <laughs> the birds too. There was a birds too. Oh god, that's right. They did make a birds too. Anyway. Was there really? Yeah, don't worry oh, about boy. it. Yeah, even birds here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Forty nine. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, my VHS, uh, my VHS movie collection is is vast. Um, I mean, it's it, it's. I have some amazing old uh, VHS tapes, horror movie titles. A lot of them are in the big, what they call clamshell boxes. They were big, oversized, puffy plastic boxes that yeah. VHS tapes used to come in. Uh, some of the titles are mistress of the apes uh other classics like monster dog starring a dubbed over alice cooper um we also have a great film called shockwave starring peter cushing as a uh nazi scientist who is uh has brought back the uh ss troops from the dead and they live underwater as uh, zombies that's an exciting film uh all real films folks um uh oh return of the aliens deadly spawn now the 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 uh actual title of this movie is uh the deadly spawn but to cash in on the success of a movie called aliens which came out in 1986 uh the home video distributor i think it's continental films thought hey we'll call it return of the aliens deadly spawn um and this worked because uh, a buddy of mine, he said that at that time, his dad rented that movie, thinking, of course, that it was the sequel to Alien. And boy, were they in for a treat when they got home. <laughs> uh, that is one of my, my, that's one of my favorite collections of things that I have. A lot of those movies are very special to me. And um, going to the video store was such a communal special it was almost a spiritual experience especially when you're a young kid it was just such a the idea that you could uh get away with renting these forbidden titles with these amazing covers i mean the the artwork alone was the reason for these things i mean the movies rarely ever matched up to (laughs) the promise of that cover box but boy was it fun trying to find that gem (laughs) i've heard it described one time that like the the cover art of old like horror vhs tapes like that's what the director or writer had in mind like the cover is what they wanted it to be what's on the film is less important that's what actually happened yeah this is the intention and yeah that's it i love that uh all right question 50 the last of the fighting questions i swear uh dubbed the ryan davis you're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Mm. Which do you choose, knife or bat? 
I mean, I'll use the knife. You know, I've seen enough. I've seen all the Rambo movies. I could figure out how to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, he could take a swing to my head, I guess. But if I get one good stab in there, it's going to take a lot longer to make me bleed, you know, beat me with that bat. So the knife. I wish I were as talented in anything as Josh is with voice acting. Did I say that out loud? Into a microphone? And it's being recorded. Perfect. We've got plenty more episodes with Josh to come. About 49 more questions worth. But first, let me just send a quick shout out to all the wonderful people who do the music for this show. Like the song you're hearing now from the Mini Vandals, or the song that's going to play after the break from DJ Williams, or the opener from Diala, or the closing one from Single Friend. Check any of them out, and, uh, hey, did you know you can rate this show on Spotify? If you're listening on Spotify, give me five stars. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give me five stars. I just like stars, really. Let's get back to the show. We got one more thing before we get back to the show. Something brand new, something I'm very excited about. It's the 99 Questions Hotline? Hotline. Sure, that's what we're going to go with. I created a phone number for you to call. You can leave me a voicemail. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about the show, if you have questions for future guests, you can call in, leave a voicemail, and your voice might be the one actually asking the question live on the show. Well, not live. It's pre-recorded. But you know what I mean. I got the number right here. 732-592-9838. That spells out Real Wax Vet. That's right. Real Wax Vet. Like a veterinarian who's really made of wax. I don't know. All the good numbers are taken, so this is the closest one I could get. Real Wax Vet. One more time, that's 732-592-9838. Give it a call, leave a message, have a great day. so many more questions let's just uh let's do it let's do it i say uh 51 what's your phone wallpaper right now my phone wallpaper right now is actually a very cool uh interpretation of the uh movie frankenstein the the original uh universal classic frankenstein it's actually a I don't know the name of the artist, but I think it's through a company called Mondo, and they do some really hmm. uh, incredible uh, artwork. Uh, again, interpretations of classic film. So I, I have I've had that on there for years, and it ain't coming off, folks. So, all right, I was gonna try to convince you, but you know, it's 
I guess we'll you don't. You it. don't have Jeff Peterson on there again, ma'am. I don't know why you're. <laughs> it's it's gotta, okay. I gotta block and report that lady. Fine. Uh, fifty-two. What's the last thing you Googled? You know, again, uh, I don't know that we can uh, say that. Uh, no, I will. I'll tell you. Here's the last thing I Googled was. Um, uh, what was the last thing I? Yeah, who? Who the hell is Bob Buell? That's what I wrote. Zero results. No, I did. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I the last thing I Googled was how. This is true. Uh, how to format? Uh, how to format a video for TikTok? Oh, oh yeah, because it's vertical, right? It's got to cut yeah, off like ninety percent of your uh... talking to somebody. Because because the thing with TikTok is what I'm basically doing is uh, I've learned that there are so many people that you know, like late late show fans, they have no idea I was Jeff the Robot. You know, they know the character. They don't know me. There's a lot of people that are fans of different shows, Family Guy, whatever. They don't they don't know that I've done any of these things. They haven't yeah. seen my TV pilot. So so it's kind of an exciting thing because I think, well, wow, this is this whole other type of audience and different group of people that have never heard of anything I've done at all. So I'm just going to mm. kind of put all my stuff out there on that platform and maybe I'll get a Netflix deal. You listen in Netflix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, they are. <laughs> you got the old Bob Buell bump off of yeah, this man. show, and it's we're right there. The Bob Buell bump, the BBB, the triple B, man. <laughs> That's what they call it. Yeah. Uh, 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Oh, I was just talking about this the other day. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I was joking. So I have I have two cats, uh, Fizzgig named after uh, a, a little fuzzy creature who's a very loud fuzzy creature from the movie Dark Crystal, the uh, the Jim Henson, ah. Frank Oz movie. And then I have a, a another cat named uh, Hemnes. Hemnes is named after the uh, fancier line of Ikea furniture. <laughs> so, but for some reason we've been joking, uh-huh. we've been joking about the, so the new, so the other cat's name uh uh we we saw that we keep seeing the trailer we we don't want to see the trailer for this movie anymore but we keep seeing it because marvel insists that we all continue to see the trailer for the movie yes i'm talking about morbius mm-hmm. um and the thing about that trailer is jared leto says uh i'm dr michael morbius he's he keeps saying i'm dr michael morbius and i said you know i think if i had a cat I would call it Dr. Michael Morbius would be the name of my next cat. That's a good name for a cat. We got a lot of cats in the neighborhood. We got uh, Smokey. There's another cat um, um, named, uh, what's, I call him Batman because he looked like he had like a Batman mask on. I don't know if that's his name. Uh, there's there's, there's O. Oh, oh Henry. Uh, there's also, Hey, you get the hell out of here. Even on the late, late show. I remember, uh, I improvised something and said that my, my cat's name was, uh, cat Damon, I think is what I, Craig asked me. Well, Hey, what's your cat's name, man? Cat Damon. So it'd either be cat Damon or Dr. Michael Morbius. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Michael Morbius, come in. 
Come home, Dr. Michael. It seems like a lot of work. I think Dr. Michael Morbius peed on the couch. We yeah. got to do something <laughs> about great. this. It's great. <laughs> uh, 54. What professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? Uh, uh, it's, I mean, I would say Rowdy Roddy Piper, but really, but really, it would probably be because I, because I sometimes can fly off the handle or I used to a lot more. I can get very wild. Um, not so much these days, but I, I Roddy Piper was a great one, but pr- probably more like, um, one of the old uh, ringside announcers, Mean Gene, Mean Gene, mm, or or Mean Gene, really, Oakland, like yeah. the pallbearer, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh yes, Ooh. I remember the old pallbearer. You know, my fr- so Matt, my friend Matt Lodi. You know, I mentioned before he loved wrestling so much. He had all the action figures and everything. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, the last year of his life, he got an amazing video message. Not a cameo. It wasn't paid for, just out of the goodness of his heart. And of course, he's a great guy. Uh, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Ooh. one of Matt's heroes, recorded like this five-minute message for him, and it just—it was just unbelievable. But we, my, I was joking at his funeral because look, Matt and I joked about all of this. You know, I mean, he—he he was kind of a a bigger guy my entire life. I—I I was always a very runty skinny little guy and they would always pick on me why don't you eat a sandwich what's wrong with you well you know as his uh cancer progressed he became very thin to to the point that he was then thinner than me so i could finally go home and go hey why don't you eat a sandwich and we'd laugh about it because <laughs> you know that was our friendship and you and you gotta laugh yeah. about these things anyway so we were joking at his funeral that it would have been much cooler if uh we had gotten someone uh dressed up like the Paul bearer, like Paul bearer to carry Matt's ashes <laughs> or just walk around with them. Oh, these are Matt's ashes. And of course we were all laughing and crying at the same time. I still think it's a great way to go out. If anybody out there uh, wants to do that, I'll, I'll do it for my funeral. I'll just have someone dressed like the Paul bearer. That's brilliant. And, it's a great I love idea. It. and then just have the doors open and, you know, you hear the the song comes on and uh, the Undertaker <laughs> comes in and takes him. Pyro comes. That, that would have been and... the way for him to go out. I think we should have Ugh. a do over on the funeral and have the Undertaker come in, <laughs> take the ashes, <laughs> and then walk out of the church. Man, I'm sure that church would have really enjoyed that. Oh, big pop! Everyone I think it's loves great. it. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, Fifty five. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pizza. It's always pizza, man. Yeah. Pizza's the best. And back when, when we were young, you know, back in high school, we had uh, we had little Gino's pizza rolls, which then became Totino's pizza rolls. Oh. I'm not sure what went on there. If there was some bad blood with Gino, and then Totino came in, or maybe Totino wiped out Gino and took over the company. I don't mm. know. But all I know is those pizza rolls, man, so good. Nobody ever heard from Gino again. Never again. They, I think they put him in the pizza rolls. I think he became <laughs> part of the recipe. Anyway, secret. It's good stuff, though. It is really good. It's, t- it's terrible for you, but you could polish off a whole bag. 
nothing like a, a Saturday night, 1990, playing Super Mario 3 and polishing off a bag of Gino's pizza rolls and a, and a six pack of Coke. I mean, that's it, man. That was the life. This sounds like a pretty good Saturday in 2022. If I'm, you know what? <laughs> I mean, You're not I, kidding, I might man. have a miserable Sunday, but that looks, that sounds like a pretty that's good It's pretty Saturday. great, man. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Just switch out the, you know, maybe some gin or something for, uh, for yeah. Coke. Right. <laughs> uh, 56 favorite smell. I like the I like the smell of um, mm, pine trees uh, blowing in the wind. Uh, you know mm. the, the pine needles or uh, the the air just after after a good rain. You know we, we don't get a lot of that. We get a lot of that here in uh, L.A. It's a lot of uh, you know fecal matter and garbage smell over here. So it's nice when uh, you mix things <laughs> up. Ah. <laughs> uh. I got a candle over there that's fecal matter and garbage. Oh, it's good. Uh, it's it's good. It reminds me of the West Coast. Is it called Los Angeles? Is that the it's, scent? It's called the, the freeway. Ah, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, fifty-seven best candy. Well, I look. It's going to sound like I'm an eighty-five-year-old man, but it's uh, it well, it's a toss-up. Werther's Originals. Hmm. Werther's original. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's a fantastic candy. I can't have it anymore because I'm I'm lactose intolerant. A lot of cream in those, so that's not gonna work for me anymore. Can't figure out why I keep got I gotta go to the bathroom. I just had half a bag of Werther's. Um <laughs> but I also really love um uh well no, not uh, uh hot tamales, hot tamales, man. Oh, the little bean type yeah. uh, candy. Burn your yeah. mouth off. I love them. Hot tamales and uh, lemon heads. Those were my two favorite as a kid. So good. So good. Oh, Very also nice. the, uh, what was that one where you, you got like th- three pouches, each each with a different flavor, and then you got like a white candy stick, and you would just dip it. Oh, yeah. Just sit uh, there. It's called like Lick'em lick Aid or something like that. Dip them, yeah. Dip them, like dip them dots, whatever the hell, you know, I don't know. But it was so good and so bad. It was all, at that time, it was Willy Wonka um, Candy Factory. Willy Wonka uh, made all, pretty much all the candy back then. Nerds, everything. It was all Willy Wonka, man. So good. Yeah. So good. Uh, 58, worst candy. Uh, yeah, you know... We, when Cleveland, we lived in this uh, this house, and and the the landlord was this little old lady, uh, Mrs. Van Duzer. She was amazing. I mean, I spent a lot of time with her. She lived downstairs. We lived upstairs, and Mrs. Van Duzer uh, was you know close to ninety. And uh, anyway, we I'd sit down there with her, and we watch the Muppet Show. This was like during the the heyday of the original Muppet Show, and she'd always offer me these candies, these awful. And I felt like the candies had been there already for like decades but it's like this little like root beer barrel candy and like yeah really old kind of like a liquor nothing worse than like a one of them was like a like a square like a multicolored licorice block i don't know it was like there was like a cream filled it was god all whatever that candy was Get it away from me. And and candy yeah. corn is ridiculous as well. So no. <laughs> Get it away from me. Uh, 
at least that's seasonal. You know, you only have to. I agree. Out, you only have to dodge it for about a month. But that, and then you're that, good. but that other that that root beer barrel. Not, I mean, it looked like a little barrel. You just sit there going, oh, it's like it's like the fruit cake of candy. It's just horrible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 59. What's a restaurant you'd recommend? Well, yeah, we get over to, uh, oh, you know what? If you're ever in, um, if you're ever in New York, uh, there's a, there's a, a pizza joint called Arturo's, which is, mm. I think it's on Thompson. It's because my name is in the, no, Thompson and, and Houston Street. Uh, okay. our, our Turo's, it's a great place, especially in the middle of, uh, you know, the winter, it's so warm and cozy in there and they have uh piano player and, and live jazz. Uh, that's an awesome place. The other place Ooh. is, um, here in LA, uh, in, uh, Los Feliz, there's a, there's a place called the Dresden and the Dresden featured famously in the movie swingers, uh, years ago, um, used to have up until very recently, sadly, used to have this uh, this married couple, Marty and Elaine, who would, uh, you know, sing uh, all the standards. You know, they'd have a live band, um, Elaine on keyboard, Marty on drums, you know, with his hair rug and his glittery outfit. <laughs> he just passed away, actually. It was kind of a a real loss to to uh culture late night you know lit culture here in LA but that that's still a great place to go they've got live music again there and uh it's it's awesome and the baked potato is another place uh, over by universal studios once again here in los angeles the baked potato jazz is a tiny little uh out of the way place that looks like during the day it's boarded up it doesn't look like there's anything there but um Ooh. it's true you can watch the best live jazz in the world there, and you can enjoy a baked potato any way you like, made any way you like, with any topping you desire, a great drinks, baked potato. Got to get there. Now, this sounds like my kind of spot. Yeah, man. Carbs and jazz? Hell yeah. I'm in. I'm you in. You won't be able to walk out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dance your way out. Hell yeah. Uh, 60. What's a food you've never eaten? Uh, caviar. Hmm. Yeah, see, folks, I don't live that well. A lot of you out there think I'm always living high on the hog. Never had caviar, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> on your diamond spoons. We'll just see there. about that. <laughs> she is again. Somebody get her in. He's always <laughs> You can't get rid of her. Uh, 61, strangest food that you have eaten. Uh, strangest food I've eaten was, uh, allig alligator tacos. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I guess the strangest part about that is that I didn't have them like down South. I, I, I had them at a restaurant in Pasadena, which that just seems like a terrible idea because it's nowhere near any kind of swamp or body of water. So yeah, they they got to import those alligators <laughs> at that point. Where you want some alligator taco? Sure, he said drunkenly, coming home <laughs> from the bar. Uh, sixty-two. What's a typical day off? 
Oh, typical day off. Well, uh, right now, um, yeah, I like to go to, uh, there's there's a, a famous uh, record store here in Hollywood. It's called Amoeba Music. Amoeba Music has uh, everything, anything you're looking for. It's all there, movies, music, vinyl, books, everything. They, they moved to a smaller location recently, but it's, you know, it's just a legendary uh, you know, Hollywood landmark. And, uh, I always enjoy going there, but I really enjoy going to a good, uh, used bookstore. Uh, yeah. we do have a pretty amazing one. Uh, it's in downtown LA. So, you know, it's like 50 bucks to park in a lot or $40 to take an Uber one way. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, defecation and urine and you, you, you might get, possibly murdered on the way in but if you can get through all that it's really something uh <laughs> it's worth the price of admission from there yeah but i, I enjoy i love i loved I, I love used books i love old paperbacks um specifically uh, uh again horror uh paperback novels from the uh mm. 70s and 80s S- similar to vhs uh amazing cover art incredible artwork um some of the sleaziest uh most frightening disgusting stories ever uh many of them turned into incredible equally sleazy disgusting movies based on the books um and i have a very uh vast collection uh of those in fact there's a there's a book that came out um i think i have it here it's called uh it's called paperbacks from hell and uh, it's a book that came out recently that is a compendium or guide to all of those titles. You know, very, very uh, hard to find and rare titles, uh, uh, specifically horror paperbacks that you can find. And so, of course, you know, I got that book and now I have to track down all all hundred of those things and just go broke. But it's fun. It's a living. But I enjoy that. And then going to the movies. I mean, it's, uh, you know. The beautiful theater here in LA. It's called the Alamo Draft House. And um, you know, the first one started in Austin and now it's it's a chain and it's an incredible uh chain of theaters. You can order food and recline and enjoy a movie. And they what I love about them the most, um, they show very uh old films, they have great presentations and QA's with the cast or directors, but above all that. They have a no talking policy. And if you talk once, uh, if they have to warn you a second time, they'll kick you out, which I think is fantastic. So, wow. Yeah. They don't mess around <laughs> over there either. So, Whew. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, 63 bucket list item that you accomplished. I've been, yeah, I've not been fortunate enough to do a lot of pretty cool stuff in my life thus far. And I think when I was a little kid, I always dreamed of being on TV. You know, that was one of my, my dreams. I mean, obviously clearly because I was making, you know, my fake TV shows in the basement and building talk show sets out of cardboard and uh, pretending to be Johnny Carson wearing a bald skull cap and using shaving cream for the hair, you know, and, <laughs> doing my little Johnny Carson impression and, and, you know, and, um, and, and then I was able to do that. I mean, after many, many years and a lot of work and, you know, 
different things happening. Uh, you know, being on the Late Late Show was pretty amazing. It's amazing, man. It's it's and and even Family Guy. I mean, I've been doing that for eleven years. I get to yeah. I get to work from home. I got the booth here at home. I just go in there and you know do some funny dialogue and it really it's amazing so i I think i think i've i've definitely uh checked a few things off the list already yeah it's incredible yeah uh 64 bucket list item you probably won't accomplish seems like such a (laughs) you probably won't do that (laughs) oh a nice wet blanket of a That's question. That's a voice to... in my head. You probably aren't going to make that happen. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I probably, I probably won't own a home in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's uh, That's a, not, little, a little pricey. That's not yeah. gonna happen. Unless yeah. you know, again, unless I sell this. Uh, Jeff Peterson director's chair, then I'll make, you know, 10 million bucks. Then, then I could maybe, maybe oh, I'm, I might put it at all for seven and a half. Yeah. Even then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put down seven and a half. Someone will come in with 10 million and then they'll get the house. So, of course. you know, it's a crap catch you every time. Yeah. <laughs> Clooney again. God, yeah. sorry, Josh. I, I realize you want this house, but I, uh, I need the place, all right? But, George, you've got five houses. I know, but this is uh, this is the way it is. All right. <laughs> Thanks, George. Keep Jackass. Model in each house. Screw it's you, just... man. <laughs> well, I'm married now, so I don't do that. Oh, anymore. well, of course. Of course. That sounds like Jeff Peterson. No, it's George Clooney. It's a good George Clooney, ma'am. Sorry about that. No, I guess. You know, that's just how she is. <laughs> Uh, 65, dubbed by previous guests, the realest question Mm. of the bunch. Mm. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it. Hmm. Don't keep, wow, that is an interesting one. Uh, name of a friend that I don't keep in contact with. I guess Craig Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, the last time I saw Craig, we we worked on a show briefly uh, several years ago. It was maybe almost three years ago now. Um, We did a show, uh, The Hustlers, a game show. Um, I I ended up not being being in the final cut, (laughs) but um, but I had a good time working on it with him, and, and it was nice to catch up. So yeah, I'd like to see how he's doing. Yeah. Uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Uh, wow. A game. Oh, well, a game that makes me feel nostalgic is, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. You know, uh, the great thing about the Nintendo Switch is, and Nintendo, they, they have the, what's called the virtual console. And so, Now they have it for, you know, NES, Super Nintendo, and N64. So it's kind of amazing that you can go back in time instantaneously on a handheld device 
uh, Castlevania. I've been playing a lot of the old Castlevania. These games yeah. were really hard, by the way. I mean, they hell with the people that made those games, man. <laughs> um, a Ghosts and Goblins is probably the hardest game I've ever played in my life. Um, so yeah, I, th- those kind of games. I mean, I would just say like that console in general, but but Super Mario Three though holds a real special place in my heart, just because. Yeah, because I played it with Matt. You know, we we beat it together. That was like a big deal when you beat a game with your friend. That was like yeah. some kind of rite of passage. I remember we were playing Super Mario Two. Uh, over the phone he was at his house i was at my house and it was late at night so we had to whisper because we were always forever waking up our parents will you keep it down go to bed already but mom i'm on level seven and you know it was very important stuff and uh i remember matt uh he beat the game there was like this toad character i think it was called like toad or king toad or i don't know what it was this giant frog character Wart, I believe. Wart, it was yeah. Wart. Of course yeah. it was. Yeah, because Toad was the little mushroom guy. King Wart or Wart, yeah. And Matt beat it and started uh he started crying because he was it was such a hard game. And he's like, I did it. I beat the game. Are you serious? Wow, <laughs> some major accomplishment. Let's go to the mall tomorrow and celebrate. <laughs> so yeah, man. That's a feel-good game. I love it. Yeah. Uh, 67. What game have you spent the most time playing? I think I might know this one, but... Well, you know, you'd, you'd think you'd think it was oh. Fortnite. Oh. Um, I mean, really, in my entire life, the game I spent the most time playing, definitely uh, Super Mario 3, you know, or the original, or the original Super Mario Brothers. I mean, that was like, because that was the game that came with the NES console, you know, and, and I remember my family, you know, I was like one of the last people to get that console kind of late in the game. So I just played the shit out of that one. I mean, that was like, wow. That and uh, uh, Zelda, Zelda 2, oh. uh, which is like the underdog and uh, one of my favorites. It was a side scroller, which was very unusual, but. Uh, it's a really, really hard game. And when I beat that game, I felt like I'd really done something with my life. <laughs> <laughs> my my cousin is still, my cousin Jimmy, shout out, yeah. uh, is still legendary in my eyes because he beat Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And that is wow. something I can honestly say I've attempted hundreds of times and never, never did. So. You know what, man? I mean... Whatever I've accomplished in my life doesn't hold a candle to that. That's it. No. He's done it. Congratulations, yeah. buddy. Yeah. He could retire. He's done. Yeah, he's, he's over. Uh, 68. What's something you built with your own hands? So in high school, my friend Dave, Dave Irwin, and I, um, we had our own show that we did out of my basement called uh, D&J Cable. It was, you know, Dave and Josh Cable Television. And uh, we played all the characters. So between the two of us, we played like, you know, 80 characters. Dave played all the women. I don't I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why. Uh, beauty, he made a lovely woman, though, I'll tell you that. And uh, we, would, we would borrow, we would borrow, we would ransack and steal his uh, mother's <laughs> wigs 
So Dave would play all the women. But we we would do this. Um, this show was like, what if our teachers that we had in high school uh, had their own like underground television network? And so between the two of us, we played all of the the faculty at our high school. They never saw this, by the way. This never got out. Thank God there wasn't wow. YouTube or TikTok because we'd be in a lot of trouble. But um, so we did uh, our version of A Christmas Carol starring uh, as Scrooge, uh, our football coach and math teacher, Mr. Kahuth, who was a guy who sounded like this and he was very grumpy. Thompson, come up here and solve this equation. You know, he was just this uh, forever surly angry you know hostile guy oh yeah and so i played mr kahooth as scrooge and then dave played uh you know the ghosts of past present future as different faculty members well i wanted to figure out how to do these flying sequences i really wanted to show uh you know mr kahooth and one of the ghosts flying over like a like a snowy village or something so i had a miniature train set and the train sets often would come with you know little train stations or houses that you could sort of dot the landscape with or you'd go and buy little miniature trees so i had a collection of and i still do little miniature pine trees and you know foliage and uh so i got some like baking powder from the kitchen and used that as snow and uh, I, I built sort of this snowy landscape. And then out of clay, uh, modeling clay, I made these miniature versions of, of me and Dave uh, and dressed them as the characters. And so what I did was a very crude special effect where I would take my video camera pointing down at the snowy landscape with mm-hmm. all of the houses and the trees. and on a sheet of plastic, you know, see-through plastic, I would glue cotton balls on top of the plastic to kind of approximate the shape of clouds. So it looked like the camera was looking down through clouds and then Dave would slowly move the sheet like this and it would look like the clouds were going past. And then so I would shoot that first and then I would play back what I shot on a you know an old tube TV monitor, then take the clay figures and stick them directly onto the TV <laughs> with a little fan underneath to move the fabric of their clothes and then shoot that and it would look like we were flying and then intercut that with shots of us kind of in a dark room kind of going, whoa, like look like we were flying in the air. And uh, man, I'm really proud of that. I looked at that the other day because I'm digitizing all this footage and preserving it and i was like you know what for a couple of dopey kids in high school this was pretty clever you know uh of course now kids are doing like full cg effects so you know yeah but that comes pre-installed yeah, um, you know, know garage yeah band i was able to make uh, an alien invasion dude on tiktok <laughs> so yeah well i made uh i made myself fly over a snowy landscape whatever this looks terrible i know very that's, That's very, what I made. Uh, I made that. I love it. <laughs> uh, question 69. Best pickup line. Uh, you know, if you come back to my place, I will narrate us getting it on as Morgan Freeman. 
<laughs> I've never said that. I've never said that. It's not bad. Pretty good. It could use a little finessing, but it's not bad. Uh, best pickup line. I mean, I think one time I said something like, uh, ah, I don't even want to be here. I think that worked. I don't know why. Yeah. Or, 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 hey, you know, I'm a TV's Jeff Peterson. <laughs> they just stare at me blankly. I'm sorry, what? You know, the robot from the Are Late you... Late Show? I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Okay. I'm going to leave. Okay. Bye-bye. Do you know any <laughs> late night Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions? Well, have let you, me tell you, you something. Let me try. Have you heard this bit, maybe? No, I'm sorry. Just no. doing full, like, four and a half minute bit. Sorry. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? Yeah, my well, my dad used to call me. My dad had a number of weird nicknames for me. Um, he called me like instead of Schwarzenegger, he called me Joshenegger. Um, mm. sh- sh- uh, and then I don't know that became Gopsh. Josh became Gopsh. I don't know how that happened. Okay. Uh, and then and then that became Jorsh, and then Jorsht. And uh, I had a friend, uh, Juan Cerna. He would, he would, he could, he didn't say Josh. He called me Jaish, and then Jaish became Jish, and then Jish. I've been called a lot of things. Those are the nice things I've been called. Um, <laughs> and then my cousins would call me, uh, you know, Shasha or Dachi, uh, Big Josh. I've been called a hole, son of a bitch. Uh, and get the hell out of here. Also, oh, you again. That's a pretty common one. Yeah, as you're being uh, walked off a karaoke stage. Yeah, <laughs> well, or, or as I'm being walked off of, uh, yeah, off of any, uh, you know, uh, sound stage, any studio lot. <laughs> uh, we've told you, again, please don't come back here. All right, I'm sorry. And you are, that's probably my most common one. Ah, and that's... you are, oh, um, I, uh, JRT in, in grade school, I was JT. That was before I included the middle name. Mm. What's up JT. And then, and then later on, you know, I joined the, the union, the screen actors guild and you have to, there was already a Josh Thompson. So I went with Josh Robert Thompson mm. and then I became JRT or jert. Hmm. Yeah, so you're getting that's a lot as a whole. That's a cavalcade, a pantheon of names there. I I don't even know what to call you anymore. I'm I'm in a whirling dervish of names. Here. Oh, I love it. A whirling dervish is another one. Oh, I, when I worked at uh, Subway, I worked at Subway sandwiches and salads when I was like 15, and uh, uh, they, I don't know. I got the name Ace. They come on Ace. They called me Ace, Ooh. and then Super Ace. So. <laughs> I was the master sandwich artist over there. <laughs> it's a skill. Yeah, it is. Uh, question 71. Do you believe in love at first sight? Yeah, of course I do. I'm a Pisces, you know. Pisces fall in love real quick. Pisces, you know, they fall in love. They get married and they break up all in the all in the, they get divorced all in the span of like, you know, five minutes of meeting somebody at a bar. So that's it's a blessing and a curse. What can I say? 
you know classic pisces behavior. a lover not a fighter yeah classic classic pisces behavior <laughs> along with uh curling up in a ball and crying in a corner classic pisces man <laughs> there he goes <laughs> you see jert classic pisces see jert over there there goes super ace there's george <laughs> oh look there's there's super ace self-loathing again ah pisces <laughs> man he's at it again oh, i love it uh 72 that's a big turn off of yours uh when people think that uh sh- should have when they think that the the conjunction you know should have is should of of mm. when people write should of you know, you could of or should of, very upsetting to me. That one really gets me upset. <laughs> I could those little things though. Sometimes just like they just inchworm in your brain. And you go, I. Can't I mean, how do you this. not know? That's what have, I want. How do you not have. know? <laughs> <laughs> should have. Should have. I'm doing should a bad have. Seinfeld. Should have. Should have. Should have. <laughs> Who knows? What do you mean, should have? Of what? This is my new type five of English Professor Seinfeld. Of just <laughs> Yeah. Netflix special, That'll here I come. Well. They'll love oh, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? I do. Yeah. I, I you know, for a long time, um, well, if you're lucky in this business, you, you get labeled as something. I used to think it was a a bad thing or a curse. And I, and I resented it for a while, but listen, I was fortunate enough for a while to be labeled as uh, an impressionist or, you know, labeled as, Oh, that's, he did. He's Jeff Peterson from the late, late show. And, uh, but that's, that's a cool thing. It is because it's, it's very rare that in this industry, you know, you make an impact like that with a character or a show or, or whatever it is. So I think it's amazing, but I've kind of made my peace uh, with myself about it because yes, I do those things, but they're only uh, a small part of what I do. I think there's a lot of things that, and, and maybe after this interview, people will know about those things, but um, I think there's a lot of things that people aren't aware of that I, that I do, such as you know, drawing cartoons or making music or or writing or making films. And those are the things that really excite me. And, um, and all of it, you know, falls under the category of, of artists. I just think I'm always creating something in some capacity. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good label for me. It's better than, you know, influencer. I don't, I don't, (laughs) content creator. I don't know. (laughs) Content creator just seems so sterile. Like it sounds I know like that's... an app, you know. It sounds like you're yeah. generating something, you know. Yeah, it sounds like an old. It sounds like a villain in an old uh, movie. <laughs> and here I will release the content creator, the final piece in my destruction of the world. I am the content creator. <laughs> yes, content creator, go forth and create content. Oh, it's like a thing. You just gotta. You got. It's like you gotta just fill spaces. It, it, it doesn't even matter what it is. I mean, well, yeah. that's pretty much what it is. But you know, uh, seventy four. What's something you tried to cook and failed? <laughs> uh, uh, an omelet. Ooh, 
very bad at the omelet. I can do a, I can do a sunny side up egg. I can make a, I can make a boiled egg. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always overdo the omelet. Also, I got a real issue with avocados, but who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> I never know when's the right time. Always a gamble. Yeah. It's either going to be rock hard or just a, a mush with a core <sighs> in the center. Which yeah. is really, uh, you know, it's really like life. It's either going to be rock hard or mush. Yeah. As Forrest Gump <laughs> said, life is like an avocado. Like an avocado. Remember that? Yeah, that's a deleted scene. I it's wish they'd have the gone posters. with that. Yeah. It makes more sense. <laughs> it's all over the posters. Yeah, they really they had they really screwed up, but they, they, yeah. are, they already ran them. It was too late. They were already out there. <laughs> Some printing press going, what, what now? They changed avocado. the who? Box of chocolates, I thought. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I got my break. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 75 dubbed the Ben Hansen after the first guest of this year's show. Hmm. What's the greatest piece of art ever made? Well, to me, mm. and I'm looking at my poster here in my office of uh, King Kong, the original King Kong, 1933, mm. which is my favorite film of all time. Um, uh, I think, well, this poster is one of the greatest pieces of art, but I think that film is one of the great pieces of art. Um, it has so many techniques implemented to make that film. And it's still such a magical uh, thrill ride. It's, it really is just uh it's a uh, pure cinema, as I would say, <laughs> but it really is. I mean, every, every technique, you know, it really was just one of those groundbreaking films. And I, I, it's it's mind blowing to think of how they even made that film uh, in 1933, and it kind of set the stage for uh, everything else like it since. You know, Jurassic Park, another one. I think Avatar. Avatar is another big benchmark if you think yeah. about effects and and Lord of the Rings and Gollum and you know even well even Jar Jar. Yes, even even Jar Jar George. That's true. Um, so yeah, that that to me is is probably one of the greats. The hell with Da Vinci and, and uh, all those other artists. <laughs> who needs them? Mona, who? Ah, I'm please, not interested. please. Seventy six. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? Well, you know, this one time, my uh, friend Claude and I burned a finger puppet. And it came back to haunt me. And you can see the entire story <gasps> in the new director's cut of Fred, the Domain of Darkness, coming soon to a theater near you. What a pro. No, that's what not true. <laughs> I, you know, I will say um, I have had uh, a lot of very vivid dreams about my friend Matt and uh, recently. And I know that this does happen when someone close to you passes away you know, you, you have dreams about them, but, um, but I've been dreaming about him and my other friend, Raymond, and Raymond was a guy that I, uh, worked in, uh, public access TV with for many years mm. and Raymond died very young. And, um, but lately I've been having these, I mean, it, it, it's so real that it feels like, uh, it's not a dream and that we're really having a conversation about things. And usually the things that they're talking about are, um encouraging me to do the thing that I really want to do which is uh build my own 
TV studio, have a have like a public access studio place you can record a podcast or do voiceover or you know friends can use it to shoot projects or whatever that's kind of like the dream of mine because that's what we had when we were younger especially with Raymond we we uh worked at a, a little tv studio out there in you know Chino uh near the men's prison and the cows and uh you know it was just a magical place this this tv studio in the middle of nowhere where we learned to do all of these things and um so it, it felt very real, and I took it as a sign that uh, I'm continuing down the right path. It's uh, it, it's it was hopeful. It wasn't sad or, or frightening. It it felt very uh, very hopeful. So I take it as a good sign. I I love it. No, seventy seven. Would you ever use a Ouija board? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah, but that was like the Milton Bradley, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not like a real one. It's not like we found it like in a, you know, a garage sale or something or some, you know, old witch woman gave it to us. Here, take it. Please get it away. Get it away from its curse. Uh, yeah, we'd have, of course, we'd have fun scaring the hell out of each other. Uh, so definitely, but nothing ever came of it, except for the time that a friend of mine and I burned a face puppet uh, in the woods. And you can see the conclusion of that in Fred, A Darker Realm of Fire, coming soon to a theater name. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, 78. Simply, why? Why not? You know? Bingo. Yeah, that's that's by the way, that's my friend Raymond. That's what he used to say. And I do hear that often. He'll, it's when you when you when you think, uh, yeah, but I can't. Yeah, but but ah, but, you know, making a movie, I don't know. And then, you know, Raymond would always say, why not? Like, I really don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> I guess so. Let's do it. You know, Almost too simple to just be so powerful. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Why not? 79 if given the chance when would you time travel to man i would probably go back to um, 50s Ooh. or uh, you know what mm, i don't know maybe maybe uh, it's, it's i would go back to some period like that um and and get into you know having my own talk show or my own show just get into entertainment around that time period yeah i think my stuff would have would have resonated more or or the 80s so i could star in fraternity vacation the dream role yeah man. you finally got there it's amazing <laughs> uh question 80 have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? Yeah, I be, well, I became uh, vegan a few years ago. Uh, mm. My girlfriend's vegan, and of course, I was like, oh, what? what? Come on, man. Um, but I, you know, I had... Um, I hadn't been taking, like, really great care of myself and uh, living on a steady diet of, you know... McDonald's and uh, Del Taco, you know, it tastes great, but it's not really the way to go. And I, uh, for me, you know, I, I was, I was drinking a lot and, and, and so forth. And so um, I just kind of made a, made a change and now, and now I feel great. 
Now I'm ready to take on the world. <laughs> but beyond that, I mean, I think, um, you know, when, when the Late Late Show ended, it was kind of a rough period for me. And I, I was, you know, very angry and it's the whole story. But uh, I, you know, I started doing therapy and just, you know, uh, exercising a little more, going for walks, just, you know, just, just, just slowing down, just calming down a little bit. And that's, that's changed everything for me. Just changing my own energy a little bit, uh, I think has, has, has brought, uh, better projects and people and things into my life. So it's, uh, it's been good. It's a good idea. Love it. Yeah. Uh, 81. What game show past or present? Would you love to be a contestant on? Uh, I mean, uh, Hollywood Squares. I mean, I wish, you know. Oh. Friend of mine, uh, Shadow Stevens. Shadow Stevens was like, he's a, he's a legend. He's a broadcasting legend. And he was, uh, he was the center square for many years on uh, Hollywood Squares. Shadow Stevens, center square. And that's, that's, that's what he sounds like. Uh, big big uh, radio announcer and voiceover guy uh particularly in the 80s but i mean he's still out there doing amazing stuff and uh he's so fun to be on there just because there were so many amazing comedians uh of the day yeah uh, it'd be fun to kind of joke around with everybody and just meet them it'd be amazing yeah oh that's I think that's a first for this show. I don't know if anyone said Hollywood Squares. That's a yeah, phenomenal answer. Well, there you go. This is when confetti falls from the ceiling and yeah, buzzers go off. Rip Taylor. That was the guy Rip <laughs> yeah, Taylor used Taylor. to come out with a bucket of confetti. <laughs> Hello. Yes. You can't get much better than that, folks. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, 82. What's a quote that you love? Uh, careful, Icarus. No, I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's a quote from Mr. Rogers. Uh, I mentioned him earlier and mm. I actually meant to read this, um, I meant to read this at, uh, at Matt's, uh, funeral, but, um, they they said uh, I had gone on long enough. I got the light. They said, please get down off of the dais, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Red light in the back of the room came on. <sighs> no, but there's a couple of them. I think um, one of them, Mr. Rogers said, uh, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Um, I always thought that was a powerful quote and it was kind of uh you know look in the positive uh, look look for good people and that's that's who matt was and uh and then the other one uh was uh also mr rogers try your best to make goodness attractive that's one of the toughest assignments you'll ever be given so you know and that's uh those were a couple but I, that as as i'm looking up this quote it, it, this is and then there's an article <laughs> this world is horrible there's an article uh that says uh this is the title of the article uh, it says mm -hmm. why mr rogers look for the helpers quote is bad for adults <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
How that's, is that on the front page of Google? Like that's uh, great. Oh boy. Wow we. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, the internet. The best oh. and worst thing. Yeah, to but ever what's happen. he really saying, you know? Like, <laughs> is he considering the wealth and you know? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh 83? What's the best shirt? that you own oh man the best shirt that i own is and i think it's i think it's 10 years old now and i've taken such good care of this t-shirt uh it's a it's a documentary about electronic music the history of electronic music the documentary is called i i dream of wires Hmm. uh so it says that on the front it's a black t-shirt and it says that on the front and then the back of the shirt, uh, it says Moog, M-O-O-G, which is, uh, you know, Robert Moog, who, you know, invented the the Moog keyboard, the the, the whole Moog series of electronic instruments. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you walk into a record store with that on, there's always some guy that's like, hey, it's a cool shirt, man. But I, I I bought the deluxe version of that documentary and uh, the T-shirt was included. So I've taken mm. good care of that prize. The, the other shirt that I have that's my favorite is from Twin Peaks. It's a picture of Laura Palmer. Um, it's kind of it's it's a circle. And then Laura Palmer's face is in the middle. It's kind of a golden circle. And it just says Twin Peaks. And you, you can't get that shirt anywhere. I got it because I. Uh, donated some money to uh david lynch's foundation and uh i love that shirt every time i wear that shirt someone always says hey it's always a guy i mean it's not wrong with that but i mean it's you know hey nice shirt oh that yeah great thanks bro (laughs) yeah cool hey cool are you a musician not not really oh okay take care okay good (laughs) chat bro that's what the shirt's too powerful yeah, it's too powerful. Can't handle the shirt. Hey, with great shirts come great responsibility. That's what they say. That's what yeah. they say. Yeah. Uh, 84. Would you change your middle name? <laughs> well, I can't now. Uh, well, I mean, legally, I'm, I'm yeah. in the union, you know? Otherwise, I got to leave the union. And uh... no, I like that name. Although, although I, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Robert. Uh, I've known him since he was a kid, also doing public access TV. Robert was probably 12 or 13 when I met him. Uh, his name is Robert Thompson, right? No relation. Wow. And uh, this was back when I was Josh Thompson. And uh, anyway, since then, Robert has become a pretty successful stand up comedian. And uh, occasionally we'll do shows together. And so, you know, it'll say on the bill, oh, Josh Robert Thompson, and then three people down, and Robert Thompson. And, you know, my fans, they're great people, but the, are you are you on there twice? <laughs> no, you see, he's Robert Thompson. Uh, so I, I say he needs to change his first name. I will not be changing my middle name. Thank you very much. Yeah, just go by Bobby. You know? Go by Rob, Bob. Rob, Rob, Rob T. Come yeah, on. Rob T. It's enough. Uh, 85. Oh boy. What's a good impression you can do? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, now I'm not good at that, man. You yeah, know, I don't I know. <laughs> um, there's so few. I mean, it's like two or three. I, I mean, the ones. Well, I'll, the ones I love to do are uh, George Lucas is really fun. It's a really enjoyable impression for me. Uh, it's fun because you can kind of say anything as George Lucas, and it sounds like it's something that he would say. You know, kind of go. You know, you don't realize that Star Wars is really all about Jar Jar and his journey. You know, you don't realize that that's kind of what the, the whole films were designed that way. You just don't realize it until you watch them all and you go, oh, wait a minute, this is actually what it is. You know, it's kind of clever. <laughs> that's a really fun one for me to do. Um, right. Obviously, Morgan Freeman is, uh, you know, it's uh, it's enjoyable. It feels good. It feels natural. And uh, it sounds like Morgan Freeman. I mean, sometimes my voice goes up high when I'm surprised. What the hell are you talking about? That's some bullshit. <laughs> and other times it goes low. I'm thinking about life and narrating my every activity. <laughs> oh, it feels good coming out my pie hole. Anyway, uh, and 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 uh, more recently, uh, uh, oh gosh, yes, I I enjoy uh, doing uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, oh Jeff Goldblum. Uh, you you can't see it, but I'm I'm uh, moving my hands. Oh, yes, all the place. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's um, it's uh, it's musical. You know, there's a there's a there's a fun musicality to these voices that's very enjoyable. Oh, to me, brilliant. You know? Yes, um, that's why I like doing Family Guy because it, it's sometimes very challenging because. Uh, you know, every other week, it's like, hey, uh, can you do a uh, Tom Selleck? And you go, what the hell is that? Tom Selleck, how does that sound? Uh, but that's, I, I, I did that last week. I did like a whole episode as Tom Selleck. Wow. And it was, I didn't know I could do one. I don't think I could do it now. I was able to do it then. Uh, but, you know, you just find the rhythm. Tom Selleck. Hi, I'm Tom Selleck. I mean, that's close enough. Yeah. Send me a check. Come on. <laughs> I mean, all right. I'll have to post date it, but um, thank you, right. thank you. Uh, eighty six. Is there a tattoo you wanted to get but are glad you didn't get? I think it. Well, my I wanted one on my back, and it would it would cover my entire back, and it was going to say "Careful, Icarus." No, I um no, I got the one tattoo. I only have one tattoo and I got it uh when I turned 40. So I got it very late in the game. Hmm. But it's um it's an image from the story of Ferdinand. It is the image of Ferdinand the Bull uh sitting in the shade of the cork tree and just smelling the flowers. Um and that story was very important to me because it's, you know. You just you just do you do what your heart tells you. Ferdinand, you know, he, he was the bull that didn't want to fight like the other bulls. He just wanted to be peaceful. And uh, obviously, it's a story about pacifism. And there's a lot more, you know, political implications to that story. But it's really about just being yourself, being authentic, and doing what you love. And so that that was that was the one tattoo that I really wanted. So I don't think I'll be getting any more for now. Mm. <laughs> Who knows what tomorrow will bring? I'll be getting a chest tattoo of Craig Ferguson, okay? Thank you, finally, finally, thank you. We finally got the TMZ headline, there it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> Newspaper spins up to I frame. I knew you'd do it. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> uh, 87. How would you describe your 16-year-old self? <laughs> oh, 16-year-old Josh. Um, I think I, w- I was very... Um, I was very creative. I was very, uh, I, you know, without even knowing it, I was, I was already doing things that were kind of laying the, the foundation for what I would, what I would end up doing in life professionally. I, I, uh, I was, uh, of course playing, you know, super Mario three and eating lots of, uh, Gino's pizza rolls. Certainly. But I was kind of immersing myself uh, or beginning to listen to uh, Tangerine Dream. That's probably around the time I bought my first uh, Tangerine Dream CD. It was an album called Exit from 1981. And I never heard anything like that in my life. And uh, I listened to a lot of college radio, uh, Cleveland State University, uh, WCSB 89.3 FM, uh, still going. One of of the best in the world. Um, And they had a show called uh brain rot radio theater which i mean is the best name ever for a show love it yeah and uh and i used to call in to there was a part of that show called uh uh it was like the lonesome cowboy dave show it was like a half hour parody of old radio shows with this drunken cowboy dave and uh, all these wacky characters and then the second half of the show you could call in and talk to Dave and he would, Hmm. he would do these amazing uh, improvised monologues based on whatever you called in and asked about. And uh, that's kind of where I, I remember we did that every Thursday, Matt and I would call in every Thursday. I mean, I have all the the cassette tapes still of every show that we did. And I would, I would call in and do voices. And that's when I started doing my Johnny Carson, you know, Johnny was retiring and, uh, it didn't sound like this. It sounded like, you know, a very young me. Uh, this is Johnny Carson, you know. And uh, I would call in as a retired Johnny Carson, very angry and bitter. And uh, that's when I, I mean, that's when I, so I was drawing cartoons and I, I, you know, I was drawing a lot of comics and I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it. And in, in the sense of, um, I wasn't thinking about who it was for. I wasn't worried about, who the audience was. Um, we didn't have social media, so there was no consideration about going viral or likes or comments. And I I wish I could go back to that way of thinking. I I, I do work very hard to try to think that way now um, because I think it's very helpful to your creativity. So yeah, I think that 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 young guy um was making i mean it's crazy now that now that i'm saying it out loud to you it's it's kind of amazing to think yeah that guy was calling the radio shows doing impressions he was drawing cartoons he was making movies and he was doing fake tv shows in the basement and i guess i'm still doing <laughs> the same thing so they just pay me for it now which is nice yeah uh, hot take money's not bad not you bad know? Not bad. Not too shabby. Uh, 88. What's the worst injury you ever had? Um, it was an injury to my heart. 
Uh, no, it was uh, the worst injury. Um, well, I know when I was I know when I was born, I broke my collarbone. I don't really remember that, but that seems pretty awful to me. Um, but I was I, I listen. I did a lot of creative things, but I was also a pretty stupid kid in junior high. And uh, before I became the artist entrepreneur that I am today. I was pretty dumb. And I remember trying to build a treehouse uh, one summer. And uh, I climbed up to the middle of this giant tree in our backyard with a hammer and some nails and a, and a two by four. And I thought, I'm going to nail this two by four onto some branches. And that'll lay the foundation for this beautiful <laughs> treehouse. Yeah. I'm not going to take any measurements or try to make sure everything's level. Just going to go for it. And uh, so I nailed this piece of wood into the these two branches. And then I decided I, I didn't like the way that it was placed. So uh, I tried to take the nails out with the hook on the back of the hammer and they wouldn't come out. So I thought it would be a really smart idea way up in this tree to take the hammer and as hard as I could uh, swing at, at the bottom of the board, uh, uh. swinging up in the air toward my face. But I thought, well, if I hit the bottom of the board hard enough, uh, I, by the way, folks, I'm, I'm rubbing the middle of my forehead <laughs> right now because I'm remembering <laughs> what happened mm -hmm. and it makes mm -hmm. me so I was swinging as hard as I could with this hammer to try to hit the bottom of the board and somehow knock it out of these tree branches. And uh, I missed the board and I full on hit my head oh. in the middle of my forehead as hard as I could with this hammer. Oh. And uh, I started to I started to bleed all over myself. Yeah. And I then had to, while bleeding climb down out of the tree and my parents weren't home. And so I went to the kitchen and I just, uh, I think I bunched up a towel uh, and I lied down on it and then they came home and I said what happened. And, uh, and that explains uh, why I am the way I am today. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think yeah. about it now, nobody, Took me to get a scan or anything. Oh, I'm rubbing my forehead again so vigorously. Oh, it's a, but there is a little bump there. So it feels like maybe I cracked the skull. I don't think I cracked the skull, but. Oh, God. Give you a nice wallop there. Yeah. What an idiot. Uh -huh. <laughs> just imagine just. God. I mean, the anyway. strategy was relatively sound. Maybe the. I mean, the toward your own head movement, maybe not idiot, the idiot. Yeah. Uh, you live and learn. You That's live and learn. About. You live and learn. Yeah. But uh, I have, but, but the worst uh, spiritual injury was probably, mm. uh, I, I think when my friend died, I think that, that, that one still hurts. That's really painful. Yeah. I think that's worse for me anyway, than a, Physical injury, you know, the physical injury will heal, but uh, yeah, that's a tough one because yeah. you go, because then you get you, you, the question, you just go, where did he go? Where is he? You know, it's weird. Yeah. But he's there. He's in my dreams, haunting me still. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing me along. 
Yeah. I did. I had a dream about him yesterday that we were in a, we were at somebody's wedding. And I was talking to him for a little bit and I went, wait a minute, you're dead. And he said, I know. And then he started screwing with me by making his, and it, this sounds very morbid, but in the dream, he was just busting my balls. He, he was like making his eyes turn white. He was like, look, I can look like a, you know, like a, like a corpse. And I was like, will you cut that out? And he's like, I'm just kidding around. I go, that's what you look like now. He's like, yeah, isn't this funny? And he would kept doing it, but I wasn't creeped out by it. I was like, this guy with the jokes. <laughs> and then I woke up screaming. <laughs> ah, life is fun. Hit yourself in the hammer, head with a hammer, kids. Hit yourself in the head with a hammer. See what happens. If you learn anything from this show. Yeah, that's, that's the takeaway. <laughs> uh, 89. What's a habit of yours you want to break? Oh, I mean, uh, reading the comments. Mm, you're only asking for trouble. There's Every no point, time. man. There's mm -mm -mm. no point. I mean, good or bad, there's no point. Nothing. You go, I go, oh, oh, they like, oh, I'll do more of that. They, Oh, they didn't like that. Oh, well, I, I suck. I guess I better give up now. Uh, and whatever you do, for God's sake, if you're going to scroll through TikTok, I mean, do it for like a minute and then get out. Get out, man. Get the out. Auto, it's the autoplay. That's the brutal part. It just keeps going on and on and on. So much there. It's not good. It's 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 the equivalent. You know what? You'd be better off hitting yourself in the forehead with a hammer. Thank you. And I've always said that. I've always said that. I know. This is your phrase. <laughs> uh, question 90. Home stretch time here. Have you ever lied on your resume? Oh, sure. In fact, I lied right to Craig Ferguson's face when he said, hey, Josh, so, uh, you know, I'm thinking about, man, I'm thinking about doing like a stand up tour, man. You, you've done stand up, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, man. Of course. <laughs> I, I'd done like one show somewhere <laughs> at like a bar. OK, all right, man. That's good. Yeah, I figured. Uh, so. Like the fifth or sixth show we do is going to be at Radio City Music Hall, man. So it's going to be good. You better bring your A game. Oh, yeah. Radio City. Yeah, come on. Ah, nothing to it, man. It turned out all right. But yeah, I, I just flat out lied, you know. Hey. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured by then I'd proven myself, uh, you know, on the show uh, for a couple of years. So Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? Now, I tried to. I, I got uh, a surprise to no one. I got beat up and picked on a lot uh, when I was younger. And um, uh, I remember I got in a fight uh, with, with a friend of mine at the time. And I, I just, I took a, I took a swing at him. But I was probably, I was hyperventilating also at the same time. And I, I took a swing. I must have missed him by, you know, a foot, I'm sure. Yeah. And then I immediately, I just took a swing. I don't think I even looked to see where the, <laughs> if it connected. And then I turned and ran upstairs and hyperventilated and cried. Yeah. So that's the extent of my fighting. Uh... <laughs> the classic fight and flight. Uh, yes, a little fight bit and of flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sampler platter. Of both. Well, I have a lot of dreams. Sometimes I'll have dreams, you know, uh, stress dreams, anxiety mm. dreams where I where I punch someone. But in the dream, it's like you're punching underwater. 
Yeah. So you, like you, 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 they piss you off. And then, and I think one time my girlfriend at the time, um, <laughs> this is hard, but I mean, it, I think, I think as I was waking up, I punched and I think I, uh, I think I hit her in the ear. <laughs> so I woke up frightened and angry and she went, ow, what the hell? Sorry. I dream I punched. And, oh, I punching. Underwater. I swear. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Oh man. Uh, 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? <laughs> you know, the idea of nude beaches sounds great. It's like the idea of an orgy or being a swinger, uh, but it's it's not it's not going to be what you think. Whatever, whatever you know, whatever uh, VHS cover art you have in <laughs> mind of this mm-hmm. scenario, that ain't it, man. Yep. So I, I don't think so. I mean, if I had my own private beach. I don't even know if I'd want to be nude then. It feels weird being nude outside. I'm not even, I don't even walk around nude in my house. I know people are, it's great. I get home and I walk around nude. What's, what are you doing, man? Put some <laughs> plastic down on these couches. But other weird. people need to use these chairs. That's weird yeah. to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, 93. Somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you cried? Wow. Yeah, that was probably yesterday. Uh, I cried after. Well, I woke up from that dream of my friend Matt, you know, joking around with me, uh, making himself look like a zombie. Um, I woke up. uh, I woke up uh, uh, in a in a panic. I haven't had these dreams in a while, but I woke up and I jumped out of bed, and uh, you know, felt like. I was having a heart attack or something, but I, I was just yeah. under a lot of stress. And then I, and then I, and then I, uh, I cried a little bit cause I was like, Oh shit, he's, he's gone. I think it was actually, it actually, it was a, a couple of days ago. I saw something, uh, that I thought Matt would like to see. I saw something at like mm. home Depot and, um, our favorite movie was a movie called street trash. This is a movie where in a rare instance where the cover of the VHS box delivers completely. And the movie Ooh. is exactly that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible film that defies description. I'll try. It's about a group of Vietnam vets who live in a junkyard in New York city. Okay. And, uh, and the poisonous drink that begins to make them uh explode one by one or melt it's it's um it's it, listen that's i don't even know if that's a good description of the movie but there's a lot of people blowing up and melting and uh there's even a a, a game of football that the homeless folks play with a guy's uh detached penis so i mean this is really an important film uh you but, had me at detached penis <laughs> of course man but I, I honestly seek it out it's it's just a it's an amazing film i can't believe they even ever got it made but it's one of our favorites and we would quote it the entire film back to we know the whole movie back to front and um one of the characters in that movie is named wizzy wizzy is an older homeless guy who likes to kick all the younger people in the ass you gotta respect your elders and so when Matt and I would write letters to each other after I moved away, 
we would, you know, address each other as Wizzy or, or Bronson was the name of the junkyard king in the movie. And so the other day I was at Home Depot and I saw this product, I don't know, fertilizer or something, and it said Wizzy. It was it was called Wizzy, and I and without thinking, I just took a picture of it, and I and I said, uh, "I'm going to send that to Matt." And then I went, "Oh shit!" So I, I wept a little bit there. So if any of you were at the Home Depot in Glendale and you saw a uh, quietly sobbing man in the garden department, I'm sorry. Several folks walking, <laughs> just sidling backwards out of the lumber department what is that man doing crying <laughs> whoever heard of it yeah you're not allowed to cry or be angry in public those are the two things you're not allowed to do <laughs> correct especially especially uh on live tv at the academy awards thank you topical topical <laughs> uh 94 what's something you've done and will probably never do again um, I can't say that. I can't mention that. <laughs> no, I'd do that again. That was fun. Um, I think probably uh, the THC gummies. Oh, yeah. I probably would never do that on my way to the airport. Um, ah. but someone had given me one and said it helps you relax on the plane, but it was like 10 milligrams and not five, or usually I do three. So I just took the whole thing. And by the time I got to the airport, I didn't quite know if I was in my body or where time or space began or ended. And uh, so that was a really not fun uh, trip, but probably beyond that, I would say pot, pot brownies. I don't think I would mm. ever have that again. I had them in year, like the year 2000 or 1999. I had them at like a Weezer concert Two, By the way, those are two things I would never do again. Uh, go to a Weezer concert <laughs> and have pot brownies. There, I said it. Three, thing, three things. I would never go to a Weezer concert, have pot brownies, or see the Batman again. Thank you very much. There you go. That's, there you go. That's the full trifecta. I brought it back. <laughs> uh, 95. Best compliment you ever received. One time, um, uh, I, I met uh, <laughs> after spending the night with a, a lovely woman. Mm -hmm. I remember on her way out of my house, out of the front door, she patted me on the shoulder and said, and this is true, she looked me in the eye and said, Well, you gave it the old college try. <laughs> so. That was, yeah. uh, you know, that was it's good. It's good. Pretty good. No, I think I think uh, Carol <laughs> Carol Burnett said to me when I met her at the Late Late Show, she she gave me a hug and said, um, "Yeah, you you are now part of the club." She said something like, "You you are now part wow. of this club, this this group." I I, I was wow. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, man!" Yeah. You know, I guess I, if I could go back in time, I would go back in time to that era, to the variety show era um, when mm. Carol Burnett was doing it, because then I would, I would be a cast member on that show. Yeah. And then and then and then now I'd be like 100 years old and I'd be like, <laughs> they'd wheel me out 
and people would be like, he was really something. And then, then one girl would be like, he gave it the old college try. <laughs> oh, 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 and then I, and then I'd die. Right. It's <laughs> a good fine outro. For I you. did give it the old. Co- I mean, I really, I wish I could go into detail anyway. That's fair. That's fair. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Uh, 96. Tell me a joke. All right, this is my favorite joke uh, as a kid. This was the first joke that I told. I'd heard the joke from some friends, older kids. This was a a very, who was like, I can't believe this joke. And um, I mentioned the the landlord, uh, Mrs. Van Duzer, was the woman who lived downstairs uh, when I grew up in Cleveland. And and, uh, she she had sons. And every Sunday, her family and her sons would, come by and they'd all have this big dinner and they were really boisterous, fun, wonderful, creative people. And they really supported uh, my work and they, and they loved uh, the arts. And I did a lot of theater at that time. So they were very supportive of that. And uh, one of her sons, his name was Bill and Bill had, I remember Bill had shock white hair, a giant mole that like took up half of his face, a big bushy white mustache. And he was forever smoking stogies. You know, he always had, mm. he always had blue pinstripe shirts, uh, you know, jewelry, a nice watch, but he mumbled. You couldn't understand a word that Bill would say. Say, tell me a joke. Tell me a joke. So every time I tell a joke, he'd give me a dollar, right? So this was my first paying gig. Mm. So this was the joke. Um, I'm going to tell it horribly, but this is the joke. So the joke is, um, uh, there's a, a mother, uh, and a son, uh, they, they live, they live together. There's no father. And, uh, the son has a slight, uh, speech impediment. <laughs> what year is this? Can we, okay. This was 1984. Okay. This is like Got 82 it. or eight, everybody calm down. <laughs> so the, the, the kid has a speech impediment and the mother says, uh, to her son, I want you to go to the corner store and get me a loaf of bread. And uh, so the the kid goes to the corner store and he can't find a loaf of bread. So he walks up to the uh, guy at the checkout counter and he says, Excuse me, I like a loaf of bread. And the guy at the counter um, punches the kid in the face. (laughs) The kid runs home crying and says uh, uh, to his mom, I got this door punched me and she said where's the loaf of bread she doesn't give a shit about this kid where's the loaf of bread oh yeah i couldn't get it all right all right listen be a man it's time for you to you know grow up now you got to get past this speech impediment would you go back there and you tell him that i need a loaf of bread and and don't take no for an answer so the kid goes back to i'm telling again I'm telling this joke to this old guy with the stogie and he's yeah. dying laughing already. Imagine like eight year old me. <laughs> so I go, so the kid goes back to the store. He walks up to the clerk and he says, please, I don't love a man. Guy punches him again in the face. And this little kid runs back. He's crying. Mom says, that's it. You're coming with me and I'm going to go down there with you. And we're going to ask this guy for a loaf of bread. So they get to the store. They go up to the counter. The mom pushes the kid ahead of her and says, go on, ask him. Okay. (laughs) 
Oh, I like a loaf of bread, please. Guy punches the kid in the face. The mom can't believe it. The kid was telling the truth. This is unbelievable. Mom walks up to the guy at the counter and says, what the hell's wrong with you? Why did you punch my son in the face? And the guy at the counter says, I thought he was making fun of me. So really, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so stupid. And what's great about the joke is it takes so long to tell it. And it's my favorite joke. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> the build it's the i got a dollar man i got it what my favorite part of that is the punching a kid in the face that's what makes me laugh (laughs) and the kid then the guy doesn't say anything he just goes (laughs) yep oh that's great oh god uh 97 97 used to be a question that i came up with uh that just wasn't all that good so i uh, threw it out and i replaced it with the listener question of the week and if any oh. of our wonderful listeners have a question that they want used on a future episode of the show, well, gosh darn it, it's 99questionspod at Twitter, or 99questionspod at gmail.com if you want to email something. Right. Uh, so, we have a lovely question uh, from Mr. Preston Wilkie of the Level Zero podcast, a lovely uh, podcast in and of their own right. All right. Uh, now, he, he called this one question. This is three questions and I, I think we got a little bit of it earlier but uh here's here's his full question here uh preston asks was the jeff peterson character your creation that you pitched to the show or something you were approached about doing what was the progress of finding out that the character is popular enough to become a mainstay sidekick mm. and when did the producers know it would become a permanent addition thank you for that Preston. wow all right. Well, uh, there's a lot there, but everybody uh... settle in for the next hour <laughs> as I. Well, here's the short version of it. So, Craig, uh, Craig Ferguson, Josh, don't forget me, man. I'm still here, man. Uh, I'll haunt your dreams, boy. Did you get that tattoo of me, man, on your chest? I know you said you're going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, Craig Ferguson used to joke about uh, a robot skeleton army. Uh, I think he would talk about telling this story to his young son about a robot skeleton army that would lived inside of a volcano or something. It would take over the world. I don't know. That was the beginnings of it. And then um, Grant Imahara, uh, rest in peace, the late, great Grant Imahara from Mythbusters, who also uh, was an incredible robot uh, builder and did a lot of work on the Star Wars prequels, which makes him extremely cool. Um, I got to know him. He's a very sweet guy and, and, you know, obviously gone way too soon. But Grant said, hey, um, I'll build you a robot skeleton, Craig, if you can get me a certain number of followers. And so that so so my whole career was uh, predicated on a bet. So no, but um, but now I was already on the show, which a lot of people don't know. Um, I started on the show in uh, 2007 when one of the writers from the Late Late Show was watching one of my public access TV shows, and I was also doing the Howard Stern show as Fake Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hi, Howard. Mm-hmm. Good morning. So anyway. Um, so I'd been on the show for a number of years, appearing on camera as Arnold Schwarzenegger 
and Robert De Niro and uh, various other characters, also as the voice of Morgan Freeman. And um, so this this robot thing just kind of came along as one of the many kind of props or machines or things that Craig had on the show and then would get tired of. He had like a sound machine at one point. He got rid of that. He used to do a lot of sketches. They didn't want to do that anymore. So Grant built this robot. And the idea of the robot was it was um, uh, mocking the idea of the sidekick. You know, the robot was programmed to say complimentary things to Craig. And originally it was Craig's voice and Craig pre-recorded a series of phrases that he could activate by pressing uh, buttons on this little box. I have the original box. That's one of the other cool things I have. Oh, wow. Original first version control box of Jeff Peterson. Now, uh, the voice sounded very robotic. It was like a Dalek from Doctor Who. And it was Craig's voice, and it was filtered through a bunch of different filters, and uh, he got tired of it. He, he got tired of coming in and recording these phrases, and so it looked like the robot was going to be, you know, thrown in the, uh, in the dumpster. Like, I thought, well, he's, you know, I mean, I, I had no connection to it, because I was just coming in now and again to do sketches. And uh, so... I think maybe a few weeks later or maybe a month later, uh, Craig and I were doing a sketch and he said, Hey man, do you want to do uh try, try to do the voice of this Jeff man? Maybe, I don't know. Think about it over the weekend and see if you think of anything. And I said, Oh wow. Okay. Um, and so I, I sort of came up with this voice. Uh, I, I it was against my will. One, one of the writers Tom Straw, who's a great writer and a great novelist, a crime novelist, he said, I think it sounds like maybe like George Takei. And I said, well, Howard Stern already has George Takei as his announcer, you know, and he says things like, oh, my, ooh, you know, that kind of thing. But he, he said, no, I'm adamant. That's the voice we want. And I said, well, if it's a robot, he could be programmed to talk like a lot of different people. So maybe I could do my impressions. No, no, no. It's just going to sound like this. And Tom wrote all of those phrases like bowls and in your pants and sex party. And I would come in every couple of weeks and record or pre-record a new batch of phrases. Mm. So uh, they would take the phrases, put them on an iPad. And it advanced to the point where one of the writers could stand there and there were each, each square on the iPad had a phrase and each phrase had a corresponding pre-programmed movement that Jeff would do in time with the phrase. And that went on for a little while. And I kept saying to the producers, I think we should do it live. I think it might be kind of fun if I came in and puppeteered the robot. No, no, no. That's don't bring that up to Craig. He's not going to go for it. It's working just the way it is. I said, right, right. But it might be kind of fun. So anyway, Long story short, I ended up uh, going to Vegas and shooting a sketch with Craig and the robot, and I made him laugh a lot. That was the first time I puppeteered Jeff in that sketch. It was like a parody of The Hangover, and Jeff yeah, and Craig yeah, get married, yeah. and he was just dying laughing. And of course, Craig says to me, you know what we should do, man? We should try having you come in and do it live in the studio. And I'm like, yeah. 
oh, what a great idea, you know? Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that was, I always tell this story and try to paint out that it this was not like an overnight thing. And at any moment, it could have just ended. At any moment, Craig could have gotten tired of it or it just wasn't working. I mean, it's a weird thing to add to the mix of an already established show. Yeah. Especially since Craig was at the helm and, you know, obviously had no problem just interviewing people and being funny. Um, and now you're bringing in me, you're bringing in this other guy in. And I think I'd kind of proven myself to him by doing sketches with him. And we did Larry King sketches together and, you know, lots of other things. Um, and so I started very slowly voicing and puppeteering Jeff live. So I operated Jeff's movements his mouth movements. It wasn't voice activated. It was all like a, a button that I had to press every time that Jeff would talk. I had musical okay. instruments back there that I would play. I had a second remote to puppeteer the talking rhino. And then it just became, you know, so in the beginning, even when I was puppeteering it to answer the other part of the question, it was just once a week. You know, there was this period where it was like, Jeff is live on Thursdays or whatever the hell the, the premise was. And then it was like, Jeff is live Wednesday. But after a while, it became a nightly occurrence because, uh, it, it, you know, that character and Craig became inseparable. The concept of having Jeff there actually became very appealing to Craig. And Craig is the one. I have to make sure everyone understands this because there were a lot of people that didn't like the robot. They didn't like that it was taking away their time with Jeff. I mean, with, uh, with Craig, you know, it felt like because Craig yeah. used to do the monologue and look at the camera. And eventually he started ignoring that and just turning and talking to me. And, uh, you know, so I took it as a high compliment that he wanted me to stick around and was willing to share that stage with me. And I mean, I was hidden, so it made it easier that it was kind of, he was just talking to a robot, but um, there was no denying that chemistry. We never planned anything. We improvised pretty much everything, all of our interactions together as Jeff and Craig, um, you know, and it's just, it's one of those lightning in a bottle things man but that's kind of the that's kind of the story to answer your five questions sir <laughs> yeah preston next time let's yeah, uh on, bro. Let's work within the rules here <laughs> uh no excellent question excellent answer uh that that is absolutely fascinating because yeah that that for for someone who was a fan of that show to be able to like what's the elevator pitch for what that show is and it's like yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. late night show, but also there's a robot sidekick and there's a horse and there's a rhino. There's occasionally a dancing like sensor lady. Like it's just yeah. like it's just madness every oh, single yeah. night. That's yeah. what was so appealing about it. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't planned. Um, I mean, even Jeff Peterson and the evolution of that, obviously, it wasn't planned. There was no pitch meeting. Uh, it just kind of happened that way. So I, and I couldn't be happier that it did. Oh. I love it. Uh, all right, home the the homest of the home stretch Ooh. here. Ninety eight. What made you want to be who you are today? I think I think I just I mean my earliest memories are of making people laugh, you know, and I think um, doing uh theater at a very young age when I was about eight or nine years old I did a lot of theater at the the Cleveland Playhouse which was a very um you know uh notable 
uh, theater organization. And, uh, and then later in high school, you know, getting big laughs, doing high school plays, that was, those were kind of like key moments in my life. And the, the idea that you could elicit laughter, um, not just from strangers, but from your peers, you know, high school's tough enough. And I, and I think that was my defense mechanism too, especially in uh, junior high at Hellside junior high. That was the way that I sort of, um, um, I would say I didn't befriend the bullies, but I was able to uh, kind of avoid getting my face beaten in by, by being funny and just by being weird. And so I learned at a very early age that really, uh, well, in my mind, being anybody other than myself was a good thing. Um, but later in life, I learned to just, uh, well, then later in life, I, it just became a part of who I am. So it, be, it became me. And um, I didn't have to try so hard. I, I wasn't hiding behind it anymore. But I, but I think, yeah, at a young age, I enjoyed the idea of becoming a character, playing somebody else, hiding behind that character. And it made you feel powerful. It's like when I dressed up as George Lucas and walked around and felt so much love and adoration. It's because I fully embodied that character. And uh, it's all the same stuff. The Late Late Show uh, it's just an extension of what I was doing, uh, the TV shows in the basement. I mean, we even joked about that show being a show in the CBS basement, you know? Yeah. And it's just an extension of uh, public access TV. I mean, I did public access TV for 10 years. I, I, I did shows for 10 years before any of this stuff happened. So um, I, it's just all, it's just something, sometimes you can't explain it. It's just a thing I have to do. I can't, I can't not do it. Um, and and when you make something special that connects with people, uh, especially like Jeff Peterson, something that changes people's lives or provides them comfort or a, a solace in a time of pain or, or so many stories I've heard for over so many years, it, it really feels good. It, it elevates the work. It's, it's bigger than just the, the jokes and the, and the show itself. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, but here we stand on top of the mountain. <laughs> Question 99. All right. The titular question, if you will. What do you want to be remembered for? (laughs) Wow. You know, I I mentioned uh, David Lynch earlier as like the coolest guy and also certainly my friend Matt Lodi. And I think about what he's remembered for and it's it's really not it's not all of the shows that he did it's not all of the radio shows it's not all of the games that he called or or announced or you know it's it's he's remembered for the person that he that he was you know yeah. for for his kindness and his uh, willingness to help other people and i would like to be remembered for um you know staying true to my own artistic uh, integrity. I think it's very important for people to just make the kind of things that they enjoy making. You know, you'll be a lot happier if you do that instead of trying to please everybody else, you know? And I think, I think over, the, over the last several years, I've certainly, whether it's through therapy or meditation or taking better care of myself, I think I've learned to become more mindful of how the kind of work I do uh, really affects people in, in a positive way and how important it is to other people. You know, I, I may some days 
uh, not, not sick of Jeff Peterson but, or vo doing voices, but some days, you know, I don't want to do that stuff. Some days I want to move on to do other things, but it's, but it's not to disparage the work that came before, you know, and I think you can have that balance, you, you know, and, and uh, it's just, it's great. It's great to hear that the work I've done has a deeper meaning to a lot of people out there. That's really nice to hear. And uh, so that's what I like to be remembered for. And also, you know, I'd like to be remembered for giving it the old college try. <laughs> and no one can deny that. Right. No one can deny that. Uh, Josh, I'm plumb out of questions. Uh, we went We've through done them it. all. We've Who knows it, how Bob. many? Nobody knows. It's a 17-hour uh, show, but folks, you got to do it. You know, when Bob comes calling, you got to answer those questions, man. This is what I do. <laughs> it's what I do. Uh, Josh, you've been incredibly generous with your time. You are uh, absolutely hilarious. And, and truly, thank you for, for doing the show here. This is uh, yeah. uh, an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me, man. I, I, I've been doing a number of shows recently. And um, I, I, there's a, you know, a number of shows that like aren't uh, well-known to to maybe my fan base and um i started thinking i was like why why am i agreeing to do all of these shows uh and i realized i was like oh because in a way this is how i i mean i started doing like local tv shows and um it just felt similar i think in spirit i i mm. I, I i felt like a kindred spirit with with you and and a lot of the other uh shows that i've done recently i've done a lot of shows in like the last month and it's been really enjoyable everybody with different hosting styles and questions and techniques and, and setups and premises and uh it's fun it's it's like wow this public access in a way this this creativity continues on so uh i, I appreciate it and thanks for having me on oh, yeah of course yeah I, I was just always a fan of of you know old comedy radio shows and yeah if if i can ha have a, a glimmer of that in here that i'm very happy but yeah, cool. uh yeah is, is there anything you want to uh plug promote uh waft into the ears of our listeners uh, <laughs> uh, anything at all no i mean I, I just uh check out uh on netflix there's a show that i uh do a bunch of voices for called inside job which is a, a very very funny and cleverly written animated series uh i can't recommend that highly enough and um outside of that just uh Follow me on TikTok, everybody. Josh R. Thompson on TikTok. No, or you can go to my website, thejrtshow.com. That's right, T-H-E-J-R-T-Show.com. Don't forget the, or else you'll go somewhere else. Very different. Uh, so anyway, there you go. There we are. Jeesh, what a guy. What a... What an episode. Uh, my thanks go out to him for being so generous with his time. Uh, I, I loved it. But uh, the red light is on. It's last call time. Let's do something I definitely didn't steal from Craig Ferguson. Let's figure out what we learned here today. We learned that not only is Dr. Michael Morbius an excellent name for a pet, we learned that the movie Morbius was actually filmed entirely in Claude Newton's basement. Fun fact for you. We learn that if you dress up like a spider lady, are smoking a cigarette, and insult children as they walk by, you're definitely a Pisces. That is such, that's such Pisces behavior. We learn that you should probably 
plan a treehouse before building it, we learn that Fortnite needs a pacifist mode where you can just live on the island. And we learn that careful Icarus is good advice for Icarus, probably not everybody else. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go wait in line for the premiere of Fred 3, an even darker Realm of Fire, but I'll see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Till then, thank you, and good night.